Today is my brother's birthday, right? Yeah. And uh, I've gone shooting a couple times, and uh, my mother and my father shoot a couple times too. So he was like, I, he wants he wanted to try shooting. He's fifteen. He, he's he he's not he doesn't really dig loud noises. Yeah. Uh, but you wear like ear protection and stuff yeah. like that. So like we're going in, and it's like the door before you get you. There's like two doors before you actually get into the door that gets you into the range. Mm -hmm. You can already start hearing stuff. And it's like you just you just kind of see his eyes wide and like it's gonna be loud. I was like, you want to go shooting, right? And I was like, because I know he doesn't dig it. And uh, he's like, yeah. I was like, you know, even with like the ear protection, which is essentially noise canceling, it's still loud. Yeah. And he didn't respond. That <laughs> was like at like noon today. Like the like within the first like ten minutes, uh, they, we got someone shooting next to us. What she was uh, wearing. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the chick, uh, but the one in GTA Five that you're doing the towing missions for. Oh man, I haven't played the main storyline for GTA Five. Uh, I can't remember her name, but like she looked a lot like her, and uh, she had like she was wearing all pink, like all like bright ass pink. Yeah, and it was like her pants, and then she had like a shirt, like and she was showing like her midriff. Stick of gum. <laughs> she was showing her midriff, and it was all pink. She looked like she was ready for like a night out. She's yeah. at the shooting range. Well, she uh, was ready for a night out. Different kind of night out. <laughs> she shot. Uh, she was shooting in the lane next to us, and she uh, she shot the like uh, the wire like chain thing that you use to like when you get the target, you bring it forward and backwards. Yeah. Uh, she shot the wire off of it on <laughs> our on like the lane I'm in. Yeah, and like the whole thing comes down, <laughs> and I'm like, my brother is probably traumatized, but at the same time, like, how do you? Miss that badly? That's bad. And yeah. I've missed, I've completely whiffed, but like you're shooting up and like so far to the left. Like, holy crap. Maybe she uh, did it on purpose. Because there's no way, because she would have to literally. I'm, I'm getting like repeated bullseye. She's <laughs> yeah. like, no, not anymore. No, no, no. So I had to move lanes. Uh, she was mad that you were better than her. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Her attire was so crazy. She was ready for a different kind of night out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was going to murder her ex. That was funny because it was like I, I was like, oh, I shot it, and then like I was, I went to use the bathroom, and I came back, and it was like everything was just down, <laughs> like every all the wire was just going all the way across. It was like <sighs> she just found out her boyfriend was cheating on her, and she's looking. Around. I think she was there with her boyfriend. Oh, um, well, that boyfriend needs to help her, <laughs> or not. You know, there's a better yeah. chance that if you break up in the future, you can run away easier if your girlfriend's a bad shot. <laughs> right, right. Just run away in a direction that is uh, straight ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, she'll shoot to the left. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How's it going, guys? How are you? This Can't is 
Can't Mango answer. Movie Podcast. This is episode two, Mango Movie Podcast, following uh, last week's episode of uh, Crossroads and continuing in the theme of movies, films about music fans, as I've deemed it in my uh, in my library of edited podcasts. <laughs> So if we, you guys have seen our social media, which you guys should follow, both Twitter and Amazon, or not Amazon, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Twitter and Instagram, <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> follow our Amazon. We should make an Amazon wish list of stuff that we want, <laughs> of movies for people to send us. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, um, <laughs> imagine getting movies and not having to pay for them. Oh, dude, that'd be dope. Uh, so. Amazon and Twitter. I fucking said Amazon again. Again, it's in my head now. Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. and and Twitter. Not Amazon. But you'll already be dated because... Fuck Amazon. It is... Uh, Fuck Jeff Bezos. Is that his Jeff name? Bezos? Tim he Bezos? He just bought a... No, Jim Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Jeff, Jeff Bezos. He just bought a $400 million yacht. Dude, that'd be cool. Yeah. If I had $400 million <laughs> dollars to buy I had a fucking a yacht. boat. When you're like $73 billion in your to your name... I actually think it's like $7 billion. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I know, know he's richer, isn't he? He's r- the richest the rich person in the world right now. Yeah. 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 Before it was, remember for a little while it was like Bill Gates, and then he lost it to some like Hispanic boom multi billionaire. Yeah, and then it went back to Bill Gates, mm-hmm. and then now it's Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yep, I don't think he's going to be going down from that anytime soon. I'm surprised because it's a lot of pesos to have to beat out Bill Gates. <laughs> so this episode should be coming out on the 17th. We're recording this episode on August 4th. So this is this recording is almost two weeks old uh, by the time you're hearing this, but uh, we're gonna actually we'll throw this out here now. If you're not following us on uh, on Twitter or Instagram, not Amazon, uh, fuck Amazon. You can follow us at Mangled Movie Pod, and uh, you can also search up our Podomatic, where a lot of that stuff will probably come out at uh, Mangled Movie Pod as well. You guys our, may not know this, but from our uh, radio show, we are known as the Tangent Kings. Uh, Tangent Train, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, uh, aptly nicknamed the Tangent Train, but that, that I think you would, if you listen to the first episode, you're probably in, in familiar territory. Guess what? That is what it is. I feel like most podcasts tangent at some point. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things. There's It's called... Uh, References. Yeah. Makes you think of other things. Yeah. Uh, inferences. Keeps the show going. Yeah. Little bits of uh, random information here and there. Sure. Sure. That mean nothing. <laughs> so it is week two, and this week we're going to be talking about Almost Famous, which is, uh, this was the first of my pick, or I picked Crossroads last week. I picked Almost Famous. And you have not seen this before. No, I had not seen it. You had not. I had seen it, I think it was my fourth time seeing it. Mm-hmm. And it is probably up there as one of my all-time favorite uh, music movies. The other kids make fun of him because of how young he looks. Nobody includes him. They call him the narc behind his back. They do? One day, you'll be cool. So you're the kid who's been sending me those articles from the school newspaper. What do you like, the star of your school? They hate me. This is Rolling Stone magazine. We got a couple copies of your stories. I think you should be writing for us. We can only pay, let me see, $700. All right, a grand. The winner of two Golden Globe Awards, including Best Picture and Best Supporting Actress Kate Hudson. The film on over 150 top 10 lists that Roger Ebert calls the most entertaining film of the year. 
old are you? 17. Me too. Actually, I'm 16. Me too. Isn't it funny? The truth just sounds different. I'm 15. If you're going to be a true journalist, you cannot make friends with the rock star. They're going to fly you places for free. You're going to meet girls. Oh, God, it's going to get ugly. I am telling secrets to the one guy you don't tell secrets to. I know what's going on. Your mom called! I have family members with severe anxiety problems. Hey, you want to go to a party with some good people looking to have a good time? Don't take drugs! Don't take drugs! Your mom kind of freaked me out. It's Bowie! Rock stars have kidnapped my son. I am a golden god! You have to go home. You are home. Oh, man. You made friends with them. Well, it was fun. Because they make you feel cool. And hey, I'm not going to really you. say anything about any other music movies right now. We were both on the, we were on the phone earlier, uh, and Ryan just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I had just seen Rocket Man earlier today. Good? It is a very different movie than I thought it would be. It's like a half musical. The guy that plays Elton John Taron Egerton is the kid who plays Eggy, right? Eggy and Kingsman. Yeah, Eggsy and Kingsman. Yep. Okay. I love Taron Egerton. He's one of my favorite like new uh, he's not really new but like he gets a lot of work. Uh, He's in Eddie the Eagle as well Mm -hmm. which is uh, one of my favorite roles that he's done. He it's not the first time that he sung I'm Still Standing because uh, he was also the voice of um, one of the main characters in Sing, the oh, okay. Illumination movie, where he he's a uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but it's a grease gorilla. He's got a lot of soul. And in the final scenes, they he sings uh, I'm Still Standing because like it's a the, the character development and stuff. So does so he do, sung this twice in two different films. Do they super but I mean, uh, uh, I would think that they would use recordings of Elton John's voice over his. No, he sings them all. No, he does. No, and and all of the songs in Rocketman are performed by Taron Egerton. Huh? It's great. He's got a great voice. He can sing. He nice. actually can sing. So yeah, it was a, it was a, a very good movie, but it was uh, something oh. very different. Who's that? My, there goes my phone. Who's that? Who's oh, that, there Ryan? Goes my phone. Who is it? It's probably my little brother. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> We're all listening. Oh, my mom thinks the radio show is on. <laughs> oh, they're like, wow, this music's great. Do you want to tell them? <laughs> oh, that it's not on. That it's not on. <laughs> We're all listening. When are you coming back? Because you'll save a text from uh, from that. Yeah, let them know we're not. We're filming a podcast. So this is the second movie of the month and also the second one that we're kind of seeing a blend of fiction as well as documented fact. Yeah. Because we talked about, you know, the talking about blues, uh, Robert Johnson, who all of which like these are real stories that have been told in in lore of of the Delta blues mm-hmm. and almost famous takes more of that same approach. But in the point of view of not uh, a musician per se, but a music fan, actually. And what I think it's really cool is with crossplay. Or not crossplay, crossroads. Crossroads. Um, <laughs> I was literally just talking about crossplay about for Apex with my younger brother oh, earlier oh. today. 
uh, but was uh, Crossroads, the way that he wrote the movie was specifically centered around uh, telling that story of Robert Johnson in a way that was easier connect to and uh, connect to with a, a main character and understand instead of just like kind of from a biographical point of view telling his life story. Since mm-hmm. there's really not that much that people know about Robert Johnson. This was the best way to sort of combine all that information and still have an interesting story. Yeah. As well as with um, Cameron Crowe writing this movie, he took all of his own experiences and combined them together to just be a more cohesive story. You know, I think that it's a really cool way of doing that. We're looking at rather someone who is they're uh, they're not really getting in. They're not getting directly involved with the actual music themselves, like mm-hmm. like Eugene Martone is. This is about someone who wants to be a music journalist, which yeah. is a, a whole different. It's it's similar but different. It is in the same sector but different because writing for music and documenting kind of history with pen and paper is very different than actually, you know, actually playing everything. Mm-hmm. So this is based semi off of the director Cameron Crowe's real life journey with a bunch of real uh, rock musicians in like the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. I think we should start off talking about Cameron Crowe since he is in fact the director of the film. Yeah. All right, here we go. And rolling sound. Quiet. Here we go. Ready? Speed. Speed. 1.67. Ready? And starting right on the lens. Ready? And, and action. Did he, when uh, when these experiences were happening to him, because I know that the main character, Will, is younger. I think he says he's 15 in the movie. How old was he when all this stuff was happening to him? I know it's throughout the 60s and 70s, so throughout time, you know, he got older, but... When like when he first started, was he that like around that young? Because I, I feel like a big part of the story was the fact that he was so young, and it was I don't know I guess not necessarily harder for him to be on the road. Definitely harder for him probably to deal with all of the you know drugs and sex and whatever that was going on around him. Just because fifteen year old not used to seeing that stuff around you like every single day and hanging out with people who are wasted and high and yeah whatever like every single day. But uh and especially the deal with his mother being so strict. That was a big part of the story, so I wonder if that was something that he dealt with too, maybe in the beginning, like having sort of like a stricter type of parent that, you know, when he would go out on the road when he was younger. Cameron Crow was sixteen when he actually went on the road with all of these bands, whereas in the movie he was 15, obviously. Okay. Cameron Crowe is not only a journalist, but he also has been in the film industry and has a lot of movies actually to his name, some of those actually as the director. He did the pilot for Fast Times, the TV series, mm-hmm. and he did the screenplay for Fast Times at Ridgemont High in the book. He did. He directed the uh, 20th anniversary documentary for Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, yep. And then he also wrote uh, Say Anything. Great band, by the way. And he also directed some Alice in Chains music videos. So he's won, yeah, so he's won a single Oscar for Almost Famous, which was Best Writing. For the Golden Globes, he won, uh, they won Best Motion Picture in Comedy or Musical, and also Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role, uh, which was Kay Hudson for Penny Lane. And then a BAFTA Best Screenplay, and they also won Best Sound. Uh, that an amazing BAFTA. soundtrack. Yeah, I think that's more sound design than soundtrack, because like 
that's just saying who who had the who had the best mixtape, you know, when, when you're talking about this kind of movie. Yeah. Like if it's movies like this that are all coming together, it's like whose mixtape was the most fire? Yeah. What, what songs do you like more, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, the great thing about the soundtrack for this song is they pick the perfect songs for specific moments too. Mm-hmm. Especially like that song, that scene when they're all on the bus yeah, and they're all like feeling like kind of super down and crappy and then they just all start singing together. They all start singing. Yeah. Doing a little bit of searching around here. I have found, uh, and you can, all of this uh, information is available on IMDb. A lot of that stuff that we're pulling, a lot of these kind of fast facts uh, and, and talking about the people behind the movie as well as uh, the cast is all all available on IMDb. The only other like major producer that is on this project, which one of them was Cameron Crowe also. Uh-huh. The other was a guy named Ian Bryce. So he worked as writer, director and part producer. And yes. Ian Bryce a lot of work to do. has uh quite a lot to his name. So he has 28 credits as a producer, uh four of note besides are almost famous included Spider-Man 1, the Sam Raimi film. Oh, nice. uh, World War Z and Saving Private Ryan but he also was uh, he goes as early as 1985 where his first producer credit as an associate producer is the Ewoks the Battle for Endor TV movie oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> and then after that oh he was just he was like keep giving me the just I, I just I love pain okay Howard the Duck. The movie? The movie. Oh man uh, I really hope they actually remake Howard the Duck I will it would be a Disney movie with modern CGI graphics. Uh, and then he kind of got a break where he was he was in uh, Batman Returns, which is Michael Keaton Batman. He was in it. Uh, he was a producer. Oh, okay. That's the uh, uh, Danny DeVito as the Penguin, and I think Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman in that. Ninety two. Ninety two. He was a line producer in Rising Sun, uh, producer in Beverly Hillbillies in ninety three. I love I love the fact that even though Batman has the whole like I will not kill thing. He kills so many people in that movie. This is a gun? Where do they go when they die? They go to sleep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did this last week, too, uh, for Crossroads. This is we're, Now we're going to have to start like a clock. It's like, okay, how many episodes can we go without talking about College Humor Batman? <laughs> <laughs> I love College Humor Batman. Dude, it's, it's that... Um, that first one, the first one, Batman finds his voice. Yeah. When he, uh, the dude robs the hot dog stand guy. And he's holding him over. The, yeah. Or was that, it falafels? Falaf- something like that. Yeah. That's Kunael uh, Nanjani? The one he's holding? No, the one, the guy who's at the falafel shop. The guy, the, ro- guy, oh, the robber okay. robs him. Okay. Um, who, I just saw him in Stuber, and he was also in like the big sick. Mm-hmm. Uh and he's big now. And he's he's actually big now because he just got cast in the Eternals. But as like just seeing him in like a 2011, 2010 Sketch. like <laughs> college humor video, yeah. and like where he is now, good for him. Good for him. Nice. I just wanted to talk about a couple of of trivia things before we see sequence into. Actually, you know what? Well, let's let's do cast first. Okay. And then we'll talk a little bit about some trivia because there's a lot of fun trivia. Yeah. Uh, that has to do with this movie. So. Hey, it's Tim in post-recording. I totally fucked this part up, so bear with me here. But any mention of Anna Paquin's character, Polexia, in the casting, I totally mean to be talking about Sapphire, which is played by Farutza Bulk. So I correct myself later on, but to avoid confusion, I want to let people know ahead of time. Anyways, this is the casting for Almost Famous.
we'll start with our uh, our titular character, uh, based partly off of Cameron Crowe's real experiences. Experiences yeah. is uh, Patrick Fugit. Fugit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna say. Um, uh, it might be Fugit. I'm I, just gonna say Fugit. 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 His name is Fugit. Patrick Fugit. Fugit. Plays William Miller. It's he like, plays that cringy sort of loner kid that has never really like rebelled on anything, but is but wants to be part of that. Wants yeah, wants to be part of that culture, but also but doesn't, doesn't want to give up the fact that like yeah, he knows he he's he's really good with like knowing like what's right and wrong. Like he knows that like he shouldn't be doing drugs or like drinking or that, and he doesn't even really necessarily want to. But he still wants to be involved, not necessarily in the lifestyle, but just in the world of those bands. And he knows that a lot of those things come, you know, that stuff comes with the territory. Yeah. But he plays that sort of like curious yet innocent, uh, like younger teenager so well. He yeah that that awkwardness. Like you want someone that lo- like if you're if you're trying to channel that kind of attitude, that kind of behavior, you want someone who kind of doesn't feel like an actor you know yeah. like it's dramatic and it's over the top and stuff like that but it kind of just looks like he's really struggling in this film which yeah. is good because it makes his character more believable yeah and when he he's always got his uh his bag on him and he's doing that weird like shuffle run yeah because like very, he he's can't, very quirky yeah. and it's especially like when uh he starts to get closer to a lot of the bandmates you can you can tell that when those guys have conversations with him, he's not really a hundred percent sure like what to do, what to say. Because a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the stuff they're talking about is you know stuff that's affecting them with the band and you know whatever the sex lives and wives or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stuff that he's never dealt with before in his life, especially growing up. Like in the, in the movie, he has a, his mother who is played by. Frances McDormand. Yeah, Frances McDormand. As she plays as mother Elaine Miller, she is very controlling and protective, but not necessarily in the way of just just to be controlling or protective, or because she doesn't like her son or anything like that. It's yeah. more so because like she has she's a philosophy professor and she loves her son a lot that she just wants to protect him from the world. Mm-hmm. I I I'm gonna actually move from William to his mother. Uh, Frances McDormand in this movie is uh, is is I, I'm not scared of her, but she's really intense. Yeah, and that's the thing that throughout the whole movie, anytime anybody has a conversation with his mother, they literally just like silent for a little while. And they just go, "Your mother really freaked me out." Freak man. Me out man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what happens. Uh, that's verbatim what happens in one of those instances. Uh, it's really, <laughs> I, I thought it was really funny. She plays a really, really good. Uh, interesting take on the crazy christian mother yeah because she's she's not religious is she no she well it's it's not necessarily she's like the controlling like i'm 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 making that kind of trope idea because it feels like like the controlling religious mother yeah yeah where like you have the like it's her way or the highway but she doesn't really do that she lets them go Mm. for example when zoe deschanel is the first one to leave at the beginning of the movie He's like, well, you're 18 now. Like, I can't really tell you everything. You know, she mm-hmm. got, and then she goes and becomes a, a, a stewardess yeah. for, for an airline. And uh, and she drives William to a Black Sabbath show. Which is crazy because in the beginning of the movie, she wouldn't even let her daughter listen to Simon and Garfunkel. They, look at their eyes, Ryan. They are on pot. <laughs> 
I'm which pretty is sure. such a good line for someone like her to say because it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. I know she's a professor in the movie, but is she a philosophy professor? I think it's or? a philosophy. Uh, think it's a philosophy professor that's the perfect role for her because the whole thing about philosophy is trying to understand you know the ins and outs of the world and society and all that stuff right but she doesn't understand what's happening at home with her own children especially and she doesn't understand i don't i'm not going to say she doesn't understand everything about modern society but obviously parts of it if she's still growing up with that stick or she still has that stigma of being like you know rock and roll music is is gonna rot your brain rock you know this or even you know i wouldn't even necessarily consider simon and garfunkel rock music it was just you know acoustic yeah like you know singer songwriter stuff but she took that and because of all the stigma surrounding drugs and stuff, all that, um, and just rock stars in general around that time couldn't open up to the idea of her, of her kids listening to it. I kind of almost like the fact that they don't explain after the time skip in the beginning of the movie, after the daughter leaves and goes and becomes a stewardess, uh, like a flight stewardess and all that stuff, mm-hmm. that uh, why she kind of, I wouldn't say loosened up, but I guess I would have to say loosened up a little bit. Because, you know, she drove him to the show. And I don't know how much of that had to do with just necessarily her trust, like her character's trust in her son. Mm-hmm. That he wouldn't do drugs or drink or everything like that. Or if it was more so her own fear of losing another child that sort of let her, I don't know, not even necessarily open up, but just kind of force herself to be more willing to allow their their children to follow their passions and dreams and do what they want mm-hmm. and that's you know with him with music and stuff like that even though she even later in the movie she does say that like i guess he she was planning for him to go to law school yeah that was the was like oh the, you know this she's on the phone with russell mm-hmm. and she's like you know you might not care about it but i you know I do. Yeah. We're talking about a lot. Like this. This is his. This is he's gonna be here. He's gonna come back, and he's gonna do. You know, he's he's going to come back, and he's gonna study law. Like she still has the plan out, but she's still letting him do this stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very strange. It's a very uh bipolar kind of behavior that she uh, exhibits during this movie because she is steadfast on what she has planned for him mm-hmm. but she also still gives him a chance to uh, to live a life kind of on his own sort of mm-hmm. under you know her like you know you call me you don't miss a test you don't do that stuff uh and then she just lets him go and he's like like seriously like that's it like she he's she begins no 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 no. you will not you know you guys you will not do this you will not miss a test you will call me like three times a day or something you mm-hmm. will get to this point i think it was cleveland yeah and then you'll come back yeah and that was it and yeah, it's like okay we're going didn't end up working out that way but <laughs> no it didn't it didn't um well then you also like it it shows also how the effect that he had on the people that he was touring with yeah because um there was that scene in you know when he's only been on the road for like maybe like a, a day or something like that when they're at the first hotel or maybe second hotel or something like that at the uh the continental yeah right when uh the girl gets the phone call f- and answers it and it's his mother yeah and, and he's talking to her while the other girl's like looking at his aura right no 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 the one before that okay where uh she, they're in the she calls the hotel room and the girl he's not in the hotel room so the girl answers oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and she starts talking for a second and she's like is this the girl with the pot yeah, <laughs> yeah she's yeah. like stops for a second yeah yeah <laughs> she's like no this is will's mother uh she's i like, really oh. liked 
because uh, yeah, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people are all like, except for her, um, except for. But she, uh, the the girl, you know, she goes into that whole spiel about being like, you know, I need to get him home now. Like, I tell him I know what's going on now and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the girl, you know, sticks up for him. You know, she goes like, you know, he's not doing, you know, he's not doing drugs. He's not drinking. He's mm-hmm. still a virgin. Like, he's doing his job. He's doing a really good job. And, you know, we all really like him. We're all looking out for him and stuff like that, which sort of lets the mom calm down a little bit. Yeah. Overall speaking, just briefly, Franz McDormand. Uh, one of my favorite all-around archetypes portrayed in the movie. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can tell, like, what they're trying. It, her, she's like kind of like a, a one like a straight away like this is what the character's gonna be throughout the movie and she yeah. is i'm glad that they didn't go the straight religious mother route with her no because that will but also this is being a, this is like semi-autobiographical so yeah. i don't i don't necessarily know if that's true in his life you know she could have just been controlling mm-hmm. so but palexia palexia was the only one uh who was not kind of freaked out by her when she was on the phone with him because yeah. she's like you know he's doing this you know we're keeping a lookout for him everyone else was sheldon at the hotel yeah uh who was um he's portrayed by one of the the two husbands on modern family yeah i can't remember his name sheldon. but i remember the, his character's name which was sheldon very very brief you know i did find uh was bowie freak <laughs> bowie freak. I- insane bowie fan was in fact, oh, yeah, yeah. it was in fact Nick Swartzen. Was it? Yep. Nice. Yep. In 2001, man, that's cool. They had that one guy in the movie, too, that kept popping up throughout the movie that had the pen. That the pen, yeah. Was it Jimmy Page? Jimmy, or? Uh, uh, Robert Plant touched, touched this, the, used pen. this pen. And then when he would show up the second time around, he had the shirt with like the entire lyrics on it. Rain Wilson's in this movie, too? Yeah. David he's Felton. Um, so, first of all, the kid with the pen. Is Jay Baruchel? Yeah, uh, Rain Wilson. Yeah, Rain Wilson's in the movie. He's uh, he's the other guy at Rolling Stone. That's not Ben. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So moving on. So Palexia, I uh, just briefly because uh, I wanted to talk about more of the major characters. But Palexia is probably the most major reoccurring character, who's played by uh, Anna, Anna Paquin. Paquin. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about the band-aids, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? The not roadies, yeah. They're band-aids. They're about the music led by. They're there to inspire the music, man. Penny Lane, yeah. played by Kate Hudson. So interesting story about the casting of Penny Lane for this movie. Kate Hudson, there was someone who was cast as Penny Lane before her, who had to drop out due to another commitment, and that was Sarah Pulley, oh. uh, who, in my head. <laughs> She has, she's done a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw 2004's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. She was Anna in that. Okay. Uh, but for me, at least, uh, she's Elsa Cast, the female scientist that creates Dren and Splice. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, it's been forever since I've seen Splice. It's Clive and, and Elsa, right? Yeah. They um, create that weird girl with the tail. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was just uh, named Dren in yeah. the movie. So she was originally Penny Lane, and she was casted and committed to that. And then because of commitment, she uh, she pulled out of that. Looking at what she was doing in 2001, I'm assuming it was the movie No Such Thing that she went after instead. Now, when it came to recasting, right, Kate Hudson was uh, originally not Penny Lane. <laughs> uh, she was originally cast as William's sister, which was then... Again, switched, became Zoe Deschanel, yeah. uh, which was only her second role, I think, in a film ever. So I, you might ask, 
who was possibly Penny Lane in that weird in-between where Sarah Pauly was off the project and Kate Hudson was uh, William's sister. Kristen Dunst. <laughs> really? Yeah. Who would then... Uh, Go on to be Spider-Man. 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 Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Uh, the producer's like, hey, I got this girl probably. I don't know. She could have also got casted, like, you know, immediately. But Man. she had... I think I honestly think they made the right choice going with Kate Hudson for Penny Lane cuz she's got that sort of she's got she, that old attractiveness to her. Yeah. Like that got, no makeup thing. Like that old actress. Yeah. She's got She's got a big Sharon Tate Marilyn Manson. Uh, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> uh what's her name? Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. <laughs> Marilyn Manson. I do that all the time when I'm trying to talk about Charles Manson. Manson? I'll yeah. say Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah. Another another fact about this, right? So Crow chose Hudson over Dunst at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Crow made a promise to Dunst that he would cast her later. And and I made the joke like, oh, so he goes to Spider-Man, which was a, a Cameron Crow produced joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, not true. True. She's in Spider-Man, so is Cameron Crow. Um, but he ends up getting her casted in Elizabethtown. Oh, okay. So, like that—that's where that—that's where they meet. That's where I mean, she lost out on being Penny Lane. I don't know. I haven't—I haven't seen Elizabeth Town, but I haven't either. She's got that. She also has that very like free-spirited girl look. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she's she's willing to go with the flow and just see where life takes her, and is not necessarily concerned about the past or the future, but just kind of like where she is right now. Mm-hmm. And um she portrays that so well in the movie of just kind of like she's definitely that kind of girl that just talks bullshit you were yeah you were talking about this you were like this is definitely a girl i would be friends with but i would not want to date because she's fun to be around you know what i mean but she she's also about, kind of fake but like she's definitely fake i mean she talks about the entire time about going to milan with morocco uh, morocco morocco, yeah, morocco. Why would with, you want to go to morocco <laughs> i have no idea they didn't i mean she never wanted to go originally i mean i guess technically at the end of the movie she was talking about Morocco the first time they met. After the show, she was like, come to Morocco with me after the Black Sabbath show. Yeah, let's go to Morocco. He's like, yes. Wait. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so moving on uh, from those kind of those main uh, non-musician characters, we talk about some of the big ones here. So we got my favorite character in the film, uh, or at least my favorite portrayal. So Billy Crudup is Russell Hammond, mm-hmm. and he, without a doubt, he is my absolute favorite in the whole movie. I just love everything about how he his behavior. He's so double, like sensitive, like not like sensitive, but like everything's got to be real, man. It, well, <laughs> he's that he, like he can be crazy, but at the same time, he's also like trying to be sensible he, for the band, like under the radar. But then when when sparks begin to fly, uh, in a bad way, uh, when when people start fighting, he really isn't. He's he kind afraid of afraid to uh, to to throw words, which you know that there's a scene where he's like, "Oh, so we're all talking about things that we should truly be saying to each other." Yeah, let's talk. He's kind of that loner that just gets what, even if he doesn't necessarily want to, uh, he gets thrown into the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even when uh, in the the T shirt is a is a great example of where that. he taught where they the uh, record company makes a T shirt with the band on it, but he's in the front and the band's kind of blurred out in the background, and you can see him clearly. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, all right, well, let's just not make a deal, big deal about this. He's like, the record label's going to get it fixed. He's like, let's just you know laugh it off now, but then it turns into a whole big thing. I think he can be very sensible when it comes to uh, 
stuff with the band. Like he just tries to keep he tries to keep everybody grounded because I don't think he necessarily cares that everybody. I don't think he necessarily cares that all the fans sort of like him better than everyone else in the band. Mm-hmm. But you know, obviously, it affects the rest of the band. He he is just but the guitarist, which uh, a lot of people are like. Oh, well, the most important, the person who connects. The one who connects people yeah. with the band is mm-hmm. the lead. And the lead is Jeff Beebe, uh, portrayed by Jason Lee. Yep. Or, yeah, well, he's played by Jason Lee. Uh, he portrays uh, a different person Yeah. Uh, in, in real life. He's great. I like him because he's, you know, he, he, he really believes in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's to the advantage of the people he's around or not, mm-hmm. but he also really just wants to look cool. Yeah, uh, he, which is something that uh, Billy Crudup's character, uh, what Russell, also says. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, just make us look cool, man. They're definitely, uh, although not totally engulfed by it, definitely concerned about their image to the public. Um, they want to be portrayed as just sort of like like they like they talk about how uh when they get into a big fight at, in one scene in the movie they talk about how they had come to an agreement that he was going to be the lead singer and then um Russell was going to be the aloof sort of like mysterious guitar player that everyone still loves Mm-hmm. And it just started to, you know, the fans liked Russell better as a personality, so they just started to gravitate towards him more, which started to cause, you know, tensions in the band. Even though it wasn't necessarily anyone's fault, that the fans just happened to like him better and gravitate towards him more. Yeah, he has some of my favorite lines in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for example, uh, towards the end when they're talking about like, oh, he like Rolling Stone, like he he wrote all of it, and he's just looking up at the air and he's like. What like we just trying to look cool, yeah. or uh, when the bus leaves him and he's like, "Oh, it's all right, just forget about me. I'm only the lead singer." Yeah. Like, oh, I actually have a funny thing about that bus scene. When they drive off with him, you can see a Discovery credit card built like sign thing in, oh. the, in the corner. Uh oh. But Discovery wasn't even brought around until 1985. <laughs> oh wow, that's another one of those uh, the Juilliard yeah. instances. What would you call that? What are the, what are those called? Continuity errors? Yeah, yeah, like that uh, Starbucks cup in Game of Thrones recently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I forgot about that. Yeah, how do you fuck that up? I feel like that's a big fuck up. Yeah, like you got to realize there's a coffee cup right there. Yeah, and especially that's, when you're it's in front right of it. in front of her. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. With those two, right? It's very it's you it's debated uh, on who portrays who like who who is this based off of mm-hmm. you said you had a pretty good idea i i had an of, idea uh, but there's there's a lot of contradicting stuff and i guess camera crow's the only one who can really say it. and yeah. i i haven't found any interviews with them. i was like on who's this based off of well there's nothing even necessarily to say that each character is ne- necessarily representative of one person mm-hmm. it could have just been like the the lead singer was a representation of a bunch of different lead singers that he knew during that time right well and you know there there's a uh, there's Stillwater is a is a um, is a grouping of five different personalities, band personalities that he he toured with: mm-hmm. Poco, Almond Brothers, Led Zepp, Leonard Skinnerd, and I think the Eagles. Actually, I know the Eagles because the the thing that I'm seeing contradicting things on is Russell's character is supposed to be either Greg Almond or Glenn Frey. Okay, uh, I could see him being more Glenn Frey with. 
the guitar solos than right, right. Greg Allman. And there are scenes in the movie that are based off of real events that happened when he was touring. The one of the most famous examples is uh the plane. Mm-hmm. Right? And the plane is uh they're going through some uh rough weather and they're all ha- they're all fighting and uh they're about to die possibly and uh apparently that's based off of a uh experience like loosely based off of an experience uh when he was touring with the who oh okay so so the who almost died <laughs> uh maybe i don't know i don't know if they went through a thunderstorm i don't know if people found out they were sleeping with each other's wives on that summer that they were free <laughs> yeah but uh you know I love that after that scene, though, they go on the No, the no More Airplanes tour. <laughs> yeah, No More Airplanes. That's my favorite. Speaking of airplanes, people who wanted to get more dates in, if you got on a plane instead of getting ready to Dolores, the tour bus that was the heart and soul of Stillwater, Dennis Hope, the new manager that comes in, who's portrayed by Jimmy Fallon, uh, has some good lines, too. Yeah. Uh, particularly the one where they're starting to admit stuff, and he goes, I, I hit it. I just hit. It. I got hit and run. Like I just hit it. It's so random. I hit it. I just kept it going. I don't. I don't know if he's still alive. I don't. There's not a day goes by. Everyone's just talking it. about sleeping with each other's wives and girlfriends. He and starts he it. Ta- yeah. Dennis starts it. He talks about fucking killing somebody. And then was it the drummer or the bass player that talks about being? He screams out that he's gay. He's gay. Uh, it's the drummer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and no gay. one cares. No one. Ca- <laughs> everyone just. Yeah. My favorite is Jason Lee. Like, look. They just lo- everyone looks at him and yeah. no one says a word about it. No one cares. Jason Lee <laughs> leaning out of his chair, just confused. Yeah, and then and then the plane starts. <laughs> and then one of my um, another one of my favorite scenes: door busts open with the pilots. We're out of there, baby. We're gonna live. We're gonna live. And then everyone's just disappointed. <laughs> they were all light a cigarette. <laughs> they were all so ready to die. <laughs> oh man, that is that is a good one. Noah Taylor, uh, another one, another really great character uh, that has some great lines, and I wish kind of got a little more time, but also he's not part of the band, Yeah. but he plays character Dick Roswell, which is the manager, the first manager mm-hmm. that you see throughout the film. He's still with them even when he gets replaced by Dennis. The one that was Jeff's friend? Jeff's friend, yeah. 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 Uh, would you please fuck off? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Dick Roswell's great. Uh, I really, really, really liked him. And uh, like we talked about, Anna Paquin as Palexia. There was a bunch of other ones. Uh, but that is pretty much, those are the ones that I wanted to talk about in terms of casting because those were, those were some of my favorites and those were also some of the most important characters. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there are other, there's an additional two members of the band. Uh, but they don't get a lot of time, which is unfortunate. It's mostly just focused on Jeff and Russell. Yeah. Uh, they don't. Uh, you don't even see William like talking to them like for interviews or anything. It's just. I mean, mostly... you see it a couple of times, like when he does that one uh, recording interview with Jeff, and where then... they're in the studio. Yeah. And he's, he's kind of he's at the Mary's walking around, and then uh, the rest of the movie he's trying to get the interview from Russell. Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, oh, now you think about it. One more character I want to bring up. Uh, one that also had uh, it's every character has some has something that I laugh at. Mm-hmm. Like has something that I, and and one that just if they ha- they show up at the beginning, they show up at the end, and they're funny both times. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman as Lester Bangs. Oh yeah, yeah. I, um, all, he's the one that gives them the uh, the spiel to give to the the. Or Rolling Stones, so they yeah. give him more time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a good one because he reminds me of me. Yeah, not cool. Listening to a lot of music, I ain't doing a lot of drugs. I will say that. Not, I mean, he 
probably isn't either. He's probably know, just man. drinking he, a lot. He doesn't like the doors. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like the doors. Well, hey, I don't know. He likes the guess who. Give me the guess who. Yeah. Hey, elitism is an ages old concept <laughs> that existed well before heavy metal. Yeah. The music was done by Nancy Wilson of Heart. Oh, okay. Right? So let's talk a little bit about the soundtrack while we're at it. Let's do it. In the movie stuff is is done by uh, all the stuff that's obviously not like a licensed song. Yeah, yeah. Was uh, was done by Nancy Wilson, who I I'm a big fan of Heart. I'm a big fan of '80s Heart, um, and '70s Heart. But all the all the hits like that era is is my favorite because it, it was a uh, I don't know it was stuff I grew up on. So mm-hmm. the soundtrack in terms of licensed music. Pretty good. Oh, yeah. Pretty good. They chose some good songs. I have to say that uh, they, they picked, they like, it, it's, there's, because I'm like in my head, I'm putting three categories together. Mm-hmm. You have, okay, so you have the in movie music, which there isn't really a whole lot. A lot of that, a lot of the scenes going by are just like people talking and there's not like music or anything. There's not like for like action scenes or something. Yeah. Um, it is uh you have your your licensed music and then you have your uh you have your still water music mm-hmm. right i wonder who sang <laughs> for still water in the movie i love that zoe deschanel was in this movie but like this is right before she did elf she literally was just her character on new girl <laughs> i saw god zoe deschanel right um she did she has the craziest bug eyes I could never see her because, like, she always plays like that weird, quirky, girly character in all of her. Like, Who also kind of like hates everything, like has a loathing, yeah, like, a silent loathing, but also loves things, yeah. <laughs> like, like in this case, rock music. Uh, this trivia. So, uh, to look like a real band, the four actors in Stillwater rehearsed for four hours a night, five nights a week for six weeks. So I'm gonna assume, you know, they want to play, like they want to make it look like they're playing. So yeah. they, that's real rehearsal. I'm is the seventies and sixties definitely had a very distinctive, um, like higher pitched blue singing style, mm-hmm. which uh, I wonder how hard that was for him to sort of get down. If he had never done that kind of singing before, I don't know. But so now I think it is time to uh, delve into this film. Yeah, let's do it. One day, you'll be cool. Look under your bed. It'll set you free. 
scene starts. <laughs> Opening scene. Crazy mother. <laughs> uh, so she... Girl. Listening to... Little boy. Little, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> uh, on drugs. On pot. They are on pot. It's just a normal... Well, I forget what the album, uh, what album they're looking at. But Which Simon and Garfunkel album? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, but they're just... It's just like a normal profile picture. And they're looking normal. And she goes like, they are on drugs. And she's arguing with Zoe Deschanel. Is like, comes in with a coat. Hiding a record under there. And yeah. uh, she's like... Friends, uh, like, uh, Elaine being, like, the crazy she-devil she is, is like, I know what you've been doing. You've been kissing. You've been kissing and listening to rock music. I know who it was. (laughs) (laughs) I was outside the window looking at you. (laughs) The the boy is bad for you, and he's like, you're telling me you're keeping me down. You're keeping my thoughts down, man. I love that that she turns to Will, and is like, even Will hates you. And he's like, no, (laughs) No, I don't. don't. (laughs) He goes like, yes, you do. You just don't realize it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, So there's a little argument there. Um, She storms out, and... She leaves all of her records behind. She leaves all her records behind, and uh, she takes it. She puts a hand on her shoulder, and she says, "One day, you'll be cool." <laughs> okay, can we please talk about the fact that she chose to be the... an airline stewardess? Well, she chose. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's the seventies. Oh, the song, this the <laughs> album that she chose to give to him. The album that she chose to give to him was the Who's Tommy. Yeah. And she said specifically, yeah. listen to this and you will see your future. Only, hold on, you're missing a crucial part. Light a candle. Light a candle and, and listen to this and you will see, see your future. future. She chose an album about a deaf and blind mentally handicapped kid. <laughs> <laughs> and said, listen to this and you will see your future. <laughs> <laughs> and that kid does not have a good life in that album. No. <laughs> Oh man, but I love the fact that she chose that. Album yeah, that's a weird her. one, and it, and it doesn't give it any indication that he has any like mental issues in the movie or anything like that. But he does no. seem kind of he just seems quirky and just kind of he's not... he's misled in yeah. his early life um, when they're driving in the car before she leaves yeah. when they're like oh, guys it's all right I know I'm uh, I'm twelve <laughs> yeah and she's like aren't I <laughs> and what? no no like, no what was come? it they she thought he he thought he was wasn't he actually eleven. He was eleven, yeah, yeah. But she, he, he, she, he's... she was telling him he was thirteen, right? But he actually thought that he was twelve because he thought he knew she was lying to him. Yeah, he didn't know he skipped fifth grade, right? Something like that. Yeah. So then he freaked out and he's like, "I'm eleven." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you this imagine? Changed, uh, this explains everything. Can you imagine your own mother lying to you about your own age? I mean, at some point, you got to figure out when you were born. But, right. All right. So fast forward to to basically his high school, um, early high school, right? He's 15. And well, I wonder if he's actually because he skipped a grade when he was. Yeah, he skipped fifth grade. Yeah. So I wonder what grade he's in when he's 15. Uh, Probably a sophomore, I guess, because usually you're 15 and you're a freshman. Right. He'd probably be like a sophomore or junior, I guess, if he'd skipped a grade. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were like, wait, so is he? I thought you were about to say, wait, so is he 13? <laughs> <laughs> he he walks by the radio station to see he sees Lester Banks. Mm-hmm. And he, this is where he's like, he's talking to... Um, and Lester Banks is based off a real, or is a real person, right? I don't know, actually. Uh, I'm not quite sure. 
but he is like kind of the local radio yeah. guy, like legend. And he writes for uh, his own magazine, Cream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's kind of dispu- he's he's talking with the uh, the radio host, he's, and they're kind of arguing about. It. He's like, oh, he's like, yeah, get the doors. She's like, I like. By the way, that's Polly Perrette. I don't oh, know if okay. you caught that. And she's like, hey, I like the doors. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, give me, and he opens his jacket. He's give me the guess who. And he's going through all this stuff, and he's like, put this on. And he's like, all right, She's like, it's a little early for this. And he goes, not for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they're talking. They're walking up the street, and they're talking. And uh, it, it's it's just – it's the entire thing is like he – he finds it funny that like this kid's trying to go this direction just at all. Yeah. You know, I think which I think is weird. It's like how oh, you do a lot of dr- – like anything – like he kind of shoots down anything that he's done like an attempt because he – there's kind of – I feel like they, he thinks as a slight feeling that he's trying to like impress him by saying this is what he's done. Yeah. And like he likes all this stuff. Uh, and he asks him for his opinions and all that. I mean he's still – like he said, um, he's still kind of in that phase where – because he said, you know, he's like, we're like, you know, he's like, we're not, you know, we're not in the band. We're just, you know, hanging out with the band. We're not, we're not cool, you know, but the band makes us feel like we're cool. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, he's yeah. like, uh, I think he's still trying to portray that a little bit by making this, this kind of starry eyed younger kid make him himself seem cool. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. Cause he looks up to him. Makes him buy, <laughs> buy him uh lunch or whatever. Yeah. They go and he's <laughs> like, you know. They're going to take you out. You're going to meet girls. You're going to, you know, hotels, all this stuff. Yeah. And he gives them warnings, too. He's like, you know, they're not your friends. He's like, they'll make you feel like you're you're their friend because right. they want you to write good things about them. Right. He's like, but you're not their friend. Right. Right. So, he's, you know, he's like, make friends with the band, you know, don't, and he's, and he's, he's writing all of this stuff down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he laughs. He's like, you've never, like, this is, you've never done anything like this before, have yeah. you? Well, it's the it's him that gives him the Black Sabbath gig, right? For Cream. Yes. When we go to the Black Sabbath shower, uh, Elaine is driving him there. She she's just just watching her in that environment. Is well, he so gets funny. It's hilarious. The mental fortitude test when he gets out of the car, and she yells at him, "Don't do drugs." Oh yeah, and, and all the people around are like, "Don't, don't do, do drugs." drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. Everyone's making fun of him. <laughs> I know. Yep. So funny. He goes, he's trying to go backstage, right? Mm-hmm. He, he buzzes in, and the big guy is like, yeah, yeah, I'm here to interview I'm with Cream Magazine, interviewing uh, Black Sabbath. And that's what he's, he's there for. He's there for Black Sabbath. He's not there for Stillwater. They just have yeah. to be opening. Yeah. And he goes, you're not on the list, shuts the door. Uh, he's like, and he holds the magazine up, buzzes again. I, I, I'm with Cream Magazine. You're not on the list. Go up with the gir- rest of the girls. And well, the, the yeah, the bus shows up, and that's when the girls start to get out, and then no, he, the, well, first the uh, he goes up with the girls, and, and he's talking to uh, Palexia, Palexia Aphrodisia. <laughs> oh, oh my god, what yeah. a stage name! Uh, what a fake girl name! Yeah, uh, groupie name. Yeah, no, band. Oh, I'm sorry, band band aid. <laughs> so she goes up and she's talking to them. It's like, what do you, you know? Are you with? Uh, are we with the band? It's like, no, I'm not one of one of you. It's like, what? What does what does that mean? Like Penny Lane show them. What does that mean? Not a, uh, the a, like a roadie groupie. Yeah. Groupie. He's like, Groo- we're not groupie. You're we're talking to Penny Lane. Penny Lane, man. You don't. This woman's had sex with numerous guitars. <laughs> guitars. Not the guitarists. The guitars. Cue Black Sabbath uh, limo going by. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all running down there. 
wait, hold on. I'm all turned around here now that I'm thinking about it. It's not Perexia. Pelexia. No, doesn't God. he start talking to Penny Lane? No, he start, he's talking to someone else, and then Penny Lane shows up, right? And then door opens. Oh, was it the third girl? I'm trying to remember what her name is. Um, Sapphire? Was it Sapphire? It was Sapphire, yeah. Feruzia. Feruza Bulk. Feruza Bulk, yeah, Sapphire. She plays Sapphire, yeah. yeah. Um, That's the girl to... who talked to the mother in the hotel room. Oh, God. You're right. You're right, Sapphire. You're right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's the one that stuck up for him in the hotel room. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I'm all turned around on... on. Oh, God. Yeah, I have... There are three girls. Sapphire, Palexia, and uh, Penny Lane. Oh, God. Oh, and Estralla. Yeah, yeah, but you don't, I don't think you see a lot of her. No. Uh, I have to see... I have to look a picture of uh, Palexia Aphrodisia, because I got her confused with... Uh, Oh, okay. She's the girl with the heart glasses. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. I got her confused. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's the one that's uh, she's hanging out with Jeff a lot. She's the one that stands in the corner and is like, and here's the scene where she like, yeah, yeah does acts okay. like she doesn't care and then yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got her confused with Sapphire. Oh God, that. I'm gonna have to do a thing that's like. Talk about Anna Paquin as Polexia. I have to go back and be like, I meant to talk about Fire Roots of Bulk as Sapphire because yeah. I got the two characters confused. Yeah. So it happens when you see a movie and then don't talk about it for six days. Yeah. Sapphire comes out of the door of the, where the you, he buzzed in. He's like, yeah, what's up, motherfucker? Essentially, right? Yeah, yeah. And they all run down, right? And Penny Lane grabs his hand and goes, come on. And we got him. We're all go- they all go start going, piling in. And... He's like, no, not this guy, not, not him. him, not him. And uh, she's like, I'm gonna try my best. I'll try my best. To get I'll you see a what pass, I do. Yeah. yeah, maybe. And then the yeah. door shuts. And he, and last thing you see is the guy. He smiles and winks yeah. before he closes the door. Then he goes, all right, like you know. And then he walks up, kind of resigns his fate, and yeah. starts getting ready to leave. I guess walking yep. back up the hill. I like this shot actually. There's there's a lot of weird dumb movement shots that I really like in this movie. This is mm-hmm. one of them, right? This is the camera's following him as he's walking up mm-hmm. and you got the bus pulls up at the same time and they're all piling out and they're walking away. Like they're walking they walk down the ramp. Him, yeah, yeah. And the camera's still moving. I don't know why I like that shot. That was really well done. He's like, Oh, that like, that's still water. Like, oh, I, you know, I love your band. I'd like to interview your band. It's like, we don't, yeah, you're the enemy. Yeah. You're yeah, that's like, the entire I'm a journalist. Thing the ah, show. the enemy. Yeah. The enemy. Never and, talk to the enemy. Yeah, and then he names all of the uh, all the bandmates, and then he talks about all their their new album, the new album, all that the, stuff, the and, stuff and they did on it that was different. Russell, your like guitar that. work is incendiary. Yeah, in incendiary, incendiary. <laughs> I like it, it. Was good. Yeah, <laughs> great job. <laughs> and his walks up, and then like wait. <laughs> he's like, wait, 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 tell us more Jason good stuff Lee's, about Jason Lee's like, I'm incendiary too, man. Come yeah. on. And then they all go in, and then he's like, he's not on the list. He's like, he's with us. He's with us. They close the door on but him. But he's not on the list. Yeah. <laughs> he gets real mad about it. He's yeah. Like, he's not on the list. And uh, and now he's he's in backstage for the first time. And yeah. He's walking around. He's seeing all this stuff. Red dog. <laughs> it was yeah. An, a, a very short-lived character in the movie, but uh, he shows up once again, like later on. And I just love his voice because he mm-hmm. reminds me of, like, there's always that guy, you know, and, and weird groups of friends, especially ones that like to drink. There's always that guy. He's, oh, yeah. he's that guy. Yeah. You know, he's he's journalizing. He's rev- he's talking to to to, uh, to Jeff and yep. they're all doing their stuff. 
and uh, he talks a little bit more to Penny. Chicks Lane. are great. He talks to Penny. She gets him a pass. He's already all set. Yeah. And then Russell shows up, right? And he goes, Russell, Russell, this is this is Miss Penny Lane. <laughs> yeah. They, and, they, they, he tries to be cool by introducing her to like the groupie. Yeah. But they already knew each other. Yeah. Even though they didn't realize it at first, because doesn't she say like, ha, like, or doesn't he say like, like haven't don't we met don't, before? Yeah. yeah. Met and before? then. And then this is, and then we both, we're, I think we're both still confused at this part, right? She, they're, they're like shaking hands and they're just holding there. And then William just keeps like looking. Yeah, it's one of those like weird silent stare scenes where yeah. they're just like, like, haven't I seen you before? And Penny and Lane is like burying her face in her arm. And yeah. like, you can see she's like tearing up. And yeah, I don't know. Clearly there's a past, which, yeah. which you kind of find out is like, has been established. Yeah. Um. So they play the show. They're like, "All right." So you go. They go up. They're playing. Uh, they're they have Will for standing Sabbath on the side of the stage, backstage yeah. with Penny and and all of the the band aids. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, he's like blown away. He's, he's writing, and she she takes the pen. He's like, "No, nah, you just gotta you gotta watch this." Yeah. And uh, it's really really at that. I like that. It's really really fun. Uh, and then he's all he's like, oh, "Saying bye to everybody," and then. Um, Russell tells Will to say to Penny Lane that uh, we want we come to the riot house. Tell Penny Lane to come to L.A. with us uh, in California without her. They want her around like last summer. Yeah, and uh, you know he's saying goodbye to everybody. And then uh, Jeff goes, "Enemy, <laughs> come to California. We'll talk some more." Which is so weird to see a band like that yeah. so welcoming. Let's bring this fifteen-year-old kid to California. We want to see him there. I honestly think man. it was more of an amusement for themselves. Like Probably. this fifteen-year-old kid is like, you know, he's out, you know, he's seeing all the girls and the drugs and the drinking. Like it's just funny to have him around. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do. They 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 like him as well. You know, he's got that energy of just like a likable kid. He's just easy to talk to and whatever. And yep. just you know, he's a down-to-earth kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's knowledgeable about their music. You know what I mean? I think that yeah. what really. He's studious. Yeah, what really turned them around on him was the fact that he wasn't just a music writer and was there to just, you know, write whatever they were talking about. He was a music fan as well, and he really had his his knowledge on not just music in general, but their music as well. He had listened to their newer albums. He had critiques on it. He had ideas, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's really what... I think that because he also had good things to say about them... That sort of gave them the feeling that, okay, if he is going to write anything about us, it's probably going to be good. Yeah. At this point, uh, Lane. This he is doesn't a, even end up getting to meet Black Sabbath, which no, is the whole reason he was there to, there to begin interview. with. Yeah. yeah. So if it wasn't for Door Guy, we wouldn't have had this movie. Yeah. Right? Uh, Penny Lane then is like, we're going to go to Morocco. You want to come with? He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah. I'm a 15 year old. I'm gonna, you know, Let's go to Morocco. Get laid. <laughs> I have no money. <laughs> I got no money. I'm 15 years old. I'm a journalist. I don't, I don't know if I'm making money on this. I don't yeah. know. Oh, wait, no. He says he's going to give him like 100 bucks or something. He says he's going to give him 100 bucks for that show. He, I think he gets promised more money later from Rolling Stone yeah. for the. Uh, oh, yeah, the for that, that, for the tour, for the actual, like, the Stillwater story. So yeah, he's all excited. Elaine picks him up, um, and then at this point, he has the idea. He's like, "Oh, he's gonna go to these dates with Stillwater." Mm-hmm. And then we, like we talked about before, he's like, "I want you missing any of this stuff." Yeah, yeah. Like- uh, and then he runs across the street, and then he like Penny, like his, I got they start driving to. Uh, well, the entire time his mother's doing that like whistling thing. 
yeah, and yeah. he's like that somewhere she's somewhere in the parking lot and while she's talking to or while he's talking to Penny Lane, she's you hear the whistling in the background and every time he hears it he turns around and is like kinda like, Oh, I need to go, I need to go. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But she she doesn't want her to know that it's his mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well and and she goes, right? Like, how old are you? He's like eighteen is back in and backstage He's like eighteen yeah. is like how old are we really? He's like seventeen. He's like me too. Yeah, sixteen. Me too. And she goes. Doesn't it just? Doesn't it just sound different? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he goes. I'm. I'm fifteen. Then <laughs> she starts laughing. Yeah. Like I. I know you. I know your ass ain't eighteen. Yeah. Don't get me in trouble, kid. They start. Um. I don't think she's eighteen either. I think she's probably sixteen or seventeen in the movie. So so Penny Lane's character is based off of uh, someone that he encounters uh, on the road, like mm-hmm. while he's he's writing. So he's writing um, a screenplay. He's actually posing as an under, like he's posing as a, uh, like a high school reporter in real life. Mm-hmm. He's writing a screenplay and he encounters someone with that, uh, that Penny Lane ends up being based off of. Mm-hmm. And the screenplay ends up writing is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, okay. And And she's crafted from that, experience when he's writing that and then becomes kind of penny lane and almost famous there was a real penny lane but like i guess the personality was more attributed to the person there i might not be correct on this but at least that's what i found mm-hmm. uh or at least I, I i believe so but there is in fact there was a real penny lane okay. uh uh who was i think like the manager the manager like one of the like a band manager um like the real Penny Lane was like a band manager for like someone. Oh, okay. That's this one I meant. So they go to the first. They go to the first show, right? And this is uh, the uh, they're they're at the Hyatt, right? Mm-hmm. All the bands are there. All the big artists are there. Yeah. Is that where they have the the Bowie scene? This is where ba- uh, I think that's the same one. Yeah, uh, it's where you get CJ Baruchel the first time, where he's sitting the talk. This guy's so young in that. Yeah, he's so young in that. It's crazy. Um, he actually had to have been like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, probably. So, guy, <laughs> Robert Plant touched this pen. He's all he's talking about is Robert Plant. You walk by the door, and we couldn't figure out who it was supposed to be. But there's a a, a girl and a guy. Like playing guitar and like yeah. singing with each other, like to each other. Yeah. Do you? Who did you say think that was? Because you never finished your thought. Because I just, bull, I was just like, oh, Donnie Marie. Oh man. Um, but I didn't know who it was supposed to be. Honestly, girl and a guy who were singing. Yeah. And you, they were sitting. Um, it wasn't supposed to be Fleetwood, was it? Uh, might have been. Uh, might have been Fleetwood. Might have been Fleetwood. No. I don't know. I don't know. Did she kind of have a Stevie Nicks vibe to her? A little bit. She had like the straight hair. Yeah, yeah. Could have been. Could have been Fleetwood Mac. Could have been Fleetwood. Uh, there, you know, the, and, then, and then like Bowie. You don't see Bowie. You just kind of see, see like, like the, the Ziggy Stardust hair. Yeah, and then and he's like, covering his face. And, yeah, yeah, well, his face is covered by a security guard that hits the button on the elevator, close it, and you get Nick Swartzen's uh cameo. It's Bowie. Yeah. And he's got like the the lightning thing. Yeah, yeah. So they're hanging out uh, at Penny. You know, they all storm in. And then uh, Polexia. This is actually Polexia. I'm not messing this up. Like, Polexia walks in, and she's like, you know, seed one. Uh, and it, she's talking about, like, basically, she's already familiar with the romance between Penny and yeah, Russell. Yeah, they walk into the room where the band members are staying, and all the people are kind of having a party. Penny Lane goes and sits down, like, literally across from Russell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Polexia 
comes and stands next to Will and just goes into her whole monologue about like st- like you know, here's stage one like she sits down like pretends to like not care about anything or like not care about him yeah and then uh what was it stage two where he pretends to not care about her and then was it stage three where she like gives him like sort of like an interesting look or something like that yeah and she- yeah and then they both lock eyes and then there was something it was like the stupidest way for her to be like let's go have sex she gets up and like I'm gonna go get ice <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, there's an ice room. <laughs> yeah. And then what William's like, we, we, you know, we have, I have to stop her. He's like, you, you brought her here. Yeah. So they, they both walk away. Uh, Russell gives the old head nod to Jeff. And, uh, uh, I, apparently there is a deleted, uh, scene, which I found out where there's actually a scene in the ice room before the sex. And, but all you see is like the door outside the circular door mm-hmm. and you just see the coat go up against it. Uh, um. Apparently, so the 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 director's cut is bootlegged. Yeah, I was reading. Is, is called. We're gonna talk about the title of it, mm-hmm. or rather, the not. Um, <laughs> the bootleg director's cut's called Untitled, and the movie was supposed to be called Untitled. The studio wouldn't let them do it, so they had to call it something. So they called it Almost Famous. Oh, okay. But the original name of the movie that was supposed to go was called was Untitled. So, and that's the bootleg director's cut is is called. Uh, I think it's called Untitled Version, mm-hmm. or it's just called Untitled. There's more to that scene uh, that we didn't see, but I think I think brief that gets the point across. Like it, we we already knew. Like mm-hmm. she's bringing the point of that scene to me is to bring William up to speed. Yeah, uh, to what is happening with Penny and with Russell, as if he couldn't figure it out during the backstage thing where she's yeah. like kind of crying. <laughs> So I heard they also cut out a scene in that movie where apparently Will plays uh, Stairway, Stairway to Heaven. To heaven. Uh, the only reason they didn't keep that scene in is because Led Zeppelin didn't give him the license to do it. Yeah. Boo, Led Zeppelin. Uh, apparently I'm a Golden God, which happens way later in the film. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, was taken from Robert Plant, who said that while well, sober. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on drugs. <laughs> 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 I can't wait to get to that was part. It, was it I'm on drugs or I love drugs? No, it was I'm on drugs. Yeah. It was I'm on drugs. Uh we'll get we'll get there. We'll yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah. We'll get because <laughs> I like the I like the fake one better. Yeah, yeah. I dig music. <laughs> I love drugs. drugs. <laughs> <laughs> we should work on those last words. <laughs> so after this, uh so they're they're all hanging out with all the whatever. So they're playing this venue, right? Mm-hmm. And Everything's going fine and dandy for the most part. And then Russell uh, gets electrocuted. Yeah, this is that scene. Yeah. He, so. he, uh, what was he? He's going for a singing part, grabs it, and just straight gets electrocuted. Yeah, straight up. And he's like, shot. And he's just like, the hell? The floor. <laughs> yeah. And then the next one is just them all just piling into the van and the scene, ma- or the venue manager, like, yelling at them, being like, you guys didn't finish the show or whatever. He's like, you almost just fucking killed my guitarist. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, that is also a great scene. Yeah. Um, all of that stuff is happening. <laughs> and... Uh, it's like I'll never. I'll call every promoter. I'll make sure you don't get. You know, you you're never getting booked here at like any any part of the country again. Yeah. And uh, you know they. He he basically tells the drivers like floor it, and they floor it, and then um, Plexia is running across like, hey, your mom called. Yeah. And then she runs yes. into the wall, and then the straight. bus straight. 
So the, the scene is set up perfectly because it's uh, from behind. It's Will looking out the window, and it's from inside the bus. It's him looking out the window. It's coming from behind his head, and all of a sudden she appears running in the window. And you can see, like, th- that's how the camera shot angle is. She's running next to the window of the bus, yelling at him, being like, hey, your mother called. Like, she wanted you to know, like, uh, I- I- she knows what's going on because this was after she had answered the phone. Yeah. And so the accidentally had been like, oh, is this girl with the pot or whatever? Yeah. And the mother was like, okay, so I know there's drugs and drinking and stuff going on there. And while she's running, like, literally as soon as she finishes her sentence, slam runs into a wall because she's looking at Will the entire time that she's running, and then the bus just keeps on going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the uh, uh, immediately after this, the bus is in a tunnel, and the promoter is chasing after him with yeah. like with a like a like some sort of like uh, uh, tech truck. They they're like we're about to get, like bust through that gate. He's like, you want to hold on to something? Yeah. And they all, everyone's screaming, having a good time. And they bust through the gate. For some reason, because this really happened, uh, every time I see the scene of Russell getting electrocuted, I think of uh, the Amir show in Russia where Frankie got electrocuted Did the he? exact same way. Oh, man. Because the venue was soaking wet because there was no AC. Yeah. And, like... You know, they got like live wires under the under the boards and he just picked up and got shot the exact same way, like got electrocuted on stage in Russia. Uh, and I always think about that. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> it sucks. Getting electrocuted sucks, man. I've been I've been shocked. I haven't been electrocuted. Yeah. But that entire scene, the last part of the scene after the the horrifying electrocution is a uh, pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's great. So after this, you know, all the stuff ensues, some hijinks, some, you know, you know uh, got Jeff getting left at the gas station briefly, uh, yeah. all this stuff. Basically just some, like, short, like, travel scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that is that when they're all singing in the bus together? No, that's a, that's later. later. That's after uh, I'm a Golden God. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, and the, this is where we get to the part where I'm starting to, like, forget. It's all kind of melding together now. So he's trying to get this interview. Mm-hmm. With uh, with Russell, he's just he's just not able to get it. And every time he knocks on Russell's door, Russell's like, "Go away! I don't want to talk to anybody." It's usually go the fuck away, the show, right? right? <laughs> go the fuck away. Yeah, because he's fucking people. <laughs> yeah, uh, he gets go 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 the fuck away. He's Penny like, Lane comes to the door, and yeah. you see him kind of he just kind of in the he's back, like, like "Get the fuck out of here!" He's like, trying to have sex. The one of the next kind of big shows they get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start to see kind of tensions uh, uh, building. Yeah. Um, they get to they particularly get, between Russell and, uh, and Jeff. Jeff. Yes, yeah, so they they get to the hotel. This is the hotel venue kind of double up where they're they're at the hotel and uh, everyone's fine. And uh, one of the guys is playing the piano, and Jeff goes, "You know, we got to keep an eye out for this guy, like you know, because he is the enemy. Like at the end of the day, he's a journalist. Yeah. He's he's trying to. You know, and they bring that up multiple times throughout the film too. Is one of the main thing, I mean, I, I can definitely see where they're coming from because this is the first time that you're really seeing a combination of like that genuine music personality combined with the need for commerce. Where it's like, yeah, it's all about the music and it's all about the fans, but it's also like we also need to make money. We need to make I, this commercial. But, but like, I, I'd really want to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. they they care about their cool. image and their success. And it, it's sort of the, a lot of the movie is sort of like about them going from the be- the beginning of the movie when he first meets them is they're all about, you know, the music like fuck, fuck the kid because he's uh, he's, you know, part of the man. He's part, part of, you know, he's the enemy. He's going to 
make us look bad, which I mean, I don't know. I guess for, even from the beginning of the movie, they're concerned about their image if they're worried about what the kid's going to say about them in the magazine. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But uh, I feel like it's more so they called him the enemy, not necessarily because just because they thought he was going to write bad things about them, but because he was just because they thought he was only there just to get a story. Yeah. You know I mean, he didn't like not that he really like cared about the music or anything like that. He was just there to get the story. And when they find out that he actually was a music fan as well, he like he wanted to not only write a good story about them, but like meet them and learn more about them, about the industry, about, mm-hmm. you know, just music in general. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when they started to accept him more. And then he, he gets kind of an interview with Russell that begins as one. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it, it ends uh, not like so. So he they're, they're all out at the pool and everything. Mm-hmm. And Russell's like, you know, kind of wants like a mono a mono uh, type deal. He's like, yeah. you know, off the record. He's like, he, Russell puts stuff away. He's like, sure, sure, it's fine. He's like, you know, a lot of people, you know, they got, they got families. They got, you know, wives. And it's better if one person knows than say the whole world yeah and he doesn't uh, want them him writing about all the cheating yeah. and you know drugs and sex and yeah uh, and uh he's like we you know we just want to look cool mm-hmm. and uh he's like i will i will report it warmly and accurately so he's like, oh, yeah, like whatever i mean i'm telling secrets to the one person i'm not supposed to tell t- secrets to mm-hmm. and uh you know they're all things are pretty good right now i Uh, honestly think it's because of the character being you know 15 that they're so open with him because i can't still an impressionable age it's also he's so innocent that they let their guards down around him yeah like he they don't necessarily think that a 15 year old is out to get them you know what i mean um because that's you know as as him being a music fan and especially him being a fan of their music as well I don't think that they really have the preconception of like, yeah, he's a music journalist. So automatically he's the enemy, but it's easier to warm up to him because of his innocence and the fact that he's younger and he, I don't know, I guess maybe they can leave an impression on him. You know, somebody, it's also, I I mean, I don't want to go necessarily this deep into them being kind of manipulative of him, but it'd also be easier to talk a kid who's a journalist into doing a night, you know, doing a a story that's going to make you look better in the news than, you know, an older man or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. You want like, okay, so it's got, it's got the youth. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, but yeah, at the same time, it's like you're, I think you're on the spot about the, the manipulative stuff. Mm hmm. Uh, but at the same time, they they they're not they're not sure if it's gonna work. Yeah, because he's a journalist. Yeah. Like they, I think they know about that kind of hard fast rule of journalism of accurate reporting. Yeah, they always kind of look at him with like a like a sideways glance. Like they like him, you know. They brought him along with them. You know, he the only reason he's even there is because they wanted him there with them. But they're always a little wary of him. Yeah, yeah. So. At this point, you know, it it seems like things are are going to go smoothly. I think especially between William and Russell, mm-hmm. uh, there might be something between William and Jeff on Jeff's part because mm-hmm. of, you know, he's stuff he's worried about. And they haven't interacted really at this point yeah. since uh, since he was like, oh, you know, we really need to watch out for him. Um, but with this, you know, Rolling Stone magazine stuff possibly happening, you know, he's 
still wants him around because Which there's some gets, fame that he be gets the the Rolling Stone interview actually by lying to Rolling Stone that he's an older man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the deeper voice on he the phone. He does the deep voice, and, and then, then uh, his his mom in the background. What she say? Like, uh, can you do that thing you do with the garbage disposal? Like, like it's it's jammed again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's just awkward. And then uh, Ben Fong at Rolling Stone goes. Uh, I know how my woman, like my woman, Rolling could be like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, 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 yeah right. <laughs> yeah, man. So, fast forward to the first band incident, the T-shirt. Yeah. Right. So we and we talked about this. So the first T-shirt for Stillwater come out. We got Russell and three silhouettes. Yep. Basically, and and Russell is in front of all those silhouettes as well on the on the cover. Pretty much. Yep. Yep. Uh. This angers it now disappoints they do say, a lot of people. It angers Jeff. Yeah, they do say though that it wasn't a design like from anybody in the band. It was from the record label who decided to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Dick goes, uh, he's like, "T-shirts are gone. Happy band." <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and and they, Russell sort of goes like, "Can we just skip past the you know the." Yeah, can we skip past and get to the part where we are, uh, are We're laughing? We're laughing about it, yeah. And Jeff's like, yeah, I think you'd want to do that. He's like, are we just going to start saying the things that we been we should be saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, all that stuff happens. And he go, They go into the whole spiel about how they came to the conclusion that Jeff was going to be the lead singer and he was going to be the mysterious the, side Yeah, guitarist the guitarist with Mystique, man. Yeah. There's so, and he's naming all the duos where it works. Yeah. Like, it's 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 a whole thing. They all start walking. Uh, you know, they're all angry. Basically, you're left at a point where you're not sure whether or not Russell is going to continue with the band. Right. It's like uh, this is uh you know this is the part where you quit. He's like, oh, I'm so easy to read, right? Yeah. It it, it gets it gets a little you know it gets rough. <laughs> yeah. Per se. And this is where the realness kicks and in. Then, <laughs> and then it gets real, but not in the way you might think. It so, gets real, real. Uh. He's done with all these fake people. Yeah. Uh, so he goes, William, William, come with me, man. We're going to find now on, real, man. From now on, I only focus on things that are real. we got to yeah. go find some real people. And they're in Topeka, Brian. They're in Topeka. Real Topeka, man. Real. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you know, the, this truck pulls up, this van pulls up. A uh, bunch of teenage high schoolers. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're uh, – Russell from uh, Stillwater. He's like, yeah, well, my better days. I'm Russell from Stillwater. He's like, yeah, my friend. Uh, I know you're like a famous musician and all, but like my friend's having a party up here. Like we're just having a good time, a bunch yeah. of real people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. He, just, he looks at each other and they're just like, like, "Yeah, man, yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it." Uh, William's like, "I don't know, no, no, no." Yeah, William uh, definitely isn't like a partier. And at this point, I still don't. Th- I mean, throughout the whole movie, I don't think you ever he ever takes drugs or drinks or anything like that. No. Yeah. Nope. Uh, no, he's a good kid. He's good, good little boy. Uh, Don't take drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Before the van pulls up, they're kind of monologue. Uh, they're just talking to each other. He's like, I, you know everything about me. I don't know anything about you. He's like, oh, he kind of goes on the spiel about bit all off this his stuff. life story. Yeah. About how his he's sister like, left. And he, and, yeah. And, uh, does he talk about his dad? Uh, yeah. His dad died of a heart attack. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. Um you know, he goes, he goes to Russell. He's like, you know, I'm telling the secrets to the one person I shouldn't be telling secrets to. Yeah. And they smile. And we're at this, this real ass Topeka party in Topeka. Mm-hmm. It's real, real, real city, real town, real people. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, hey, like they, they recognize him. Yeah, and yeah. he's kind of doing a house tour. He's like, yeah, oh, he's I'm, like I'm, waving everybody. And, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty obvious. Everyone kind of recognizes who he is. I fucking love this kitchen. 
And, you know, he's hanging out with a bunch of people. He's like, oh, yeah, the Williams over there. And then he's talking. To, well, I assume is the kid that, like, it's the kid who's hosting the party. He's sitting in his, uh, Probably, yeah. in his house. Because he like, talks about his room. He's or something like, like you're, that, yeah. you're real. All these people are real. This room is real. These curtains, real. real. Like all, and he's talking all about this stuff. And then the kid just, and you can tell the kid kind of looks like. He's high as fuck. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. He's like, you want to see me feed uh, feed uh, my snake? And he goes, hell yeah. <laughs> it, it, my favorite delivery in the whole movie. Uh, it's like, you want to see, uh, see me feed my snake? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I would. <laughs> And uh, and then he starts, uh, you know, getting blasted. Frankly, and what was it, is that the scene where Will's like, "Stop giving him acid! Yeah, <laughs> stop giving him acid! He's going crazy. Uh, he's on the roof. Yeah, I am a golden god. god. <laughs> uh, over a, a pool, which you said was very dirty, but I would say it's just some leaves it on just, the surface. It just looks like it's filled with like moss. <laughs> Billy goes, "Let's go down! Like, come back down!" We'll work on those last words. He goes, okay, 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 okay. okay. No, because he says, I'm a golden god. And then, when, then Will's like, he's like kind of laughing at it. He's like, you yeah. should come down. And he's like, he's talking about it. He's like, no. He's like, these will be my last words. He's like, I'm going to He's like, I'm gonna jump. And everyone's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like, yeah. And Will's like, uh, hey, Russell, why don't you come down here? He's like, we'll work on those last words. And he goes, like, okay, yeah, yeah. He's like, how about this? I dig music yeah everyone's <laughs> like, like uh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Drugs! Drugs! <laughs> <laughs> and the fat kid starts cheering yeah. again and he's like you like come down he's like okay 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 and then he goes back and then he turns around and then he jumps into the pool and then yeah. everyone jumps into the pool yeah and then is he, it the next morning or that same night where they come to get him it, morning okay morning of and yeah he's like he's got no shirt he's like completely passed out drugged out uh, I don't in, know like, what a would... bathing suit and no yeah. shirt. <laughs> like... I don't know what you would call that because I'm not uh, super familiar with drugs. What do you call the drug equivalent of a hangover? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not really a word for it. I guess you would just also kind of call it like a drug hangover. Yeah, that's, but that's what he's in. Yeah. I um, mean, I guess he, I'm sure he's also hung over. <laughs> uh, he's probably also hung over. Um, he's dazed. He's all he's, he's dazed <laughs> and confused, man. He is. He is. <laughs> In real Topeka. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the joke here is uh, there is a character in, I think you can see it on IMDb. Their cat, or no, it was on Amazon. Uh, or not, it, and when we were watching, because we watched it via Amazon Prime. Yeah. We paused it. You went to go to the bathroom or something. And it was the three casts that show up. Because when you pause the movie on Amazon video, it shows you, you get the cast. Scene. Yeah. And it's, it's William, uh, him. And then there was someone that was cast as real, real Topeka, Topeka kid. Man. Yeah. Uh, so here, that's where we were like real Topeka. That was the it's running like real joke. Real Topeka kid. <laughs> they didn't get a fake Topeka kid. They got a real Topeka kid to make it real. So, uh, Dick comes up like the band. The bus is there. Dick uh, shows. He's like, we're gonna you know get you. We're gonna finish the tour. Then we're gonna leave all those fucking losers. Like, yeah, I, I know what you're doing, and I like, like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he starts freaking out. <laughs> How do you know we're not a cop? Yeah. <laughs> he gets on the bus. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like trying to throw hands on him. <laughs> I, I just like that. Like, because that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I call you like, how do you know you're not a cop? And, you know, they go, um, he's trying to get the the interview. He's like, I, Dick, I need to get this interview. And he's like, oh, you will get on the bus. he needs to go home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's supposed to be home at this point. They go yeah. to Greenville. 
and, and Cleveland. He, at this point, he's like, he needs to go home. Yeah. Like, he misses his graduation. Yep. Which he said he wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. He'd be in time for graduation. Misses his test. He missed one test. Missed yep. one test, yeah. Yep. And Dick does his like, that. the show is over. We'll see you guys in... Uh, 19 was it 1975 1976 we'll see you next year yeah i think it was 1975 because 1975 is is the, the, the no the more airplane, airplane store, store yeah. yeah 74 i think is the no more uh the no the almost famous tour yeah um they called the no more heroes tour I don't know. <laughs> uh so golden god is one of the most notable scenes in the movie and the second or i'm probably up there as also one of the most notable scenes is the next scene, they're all on the bus. You know, he's Dick's doing kind of his his ending monologue, like thanks, you all enjoyed the show, and yeah. you kind of hear the piano intro to uh, Tiny Dancer, mm-hmm. and which is great. I just I'm on a big Elton John thing yeah. now because Rocketman. <laughs> I really liked Rocketman. Everyone's kind of like kind of a little about. a little lazing about, a little aggravated, but a little tired. Um, and and clearly the song is playing on the bus. This is not just a song that's playing in the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, and they start. Some of them start singing "Tiny Dancer," and then more people join in, and then eventually the whole bus starts singing. Uh, William going, you, "I need to go home." Like Penny, I need to go home. And Penny mm-hmm. goes, she does the thing where she does like the fake feeling of her aura or whatever. Goes, yeah. "You are home." Yeah. And uh, you know, and then she puts her head on the shoulder and all this. Was the aura girl Sapphire or was that uh, someone else? Oh, okay. Uh, someone else. Because it only gets brought up once in the movie. <laughs> yeah, she only shows up once in the movie, and she's like, uh... And she's definitely tripping on something, because she's like, yeah. oh, man, yeah, your aura is so... It's purple. It's purple, man. Like, yeah. It's a wall. She's on, he's on the phone with her mom. Yeah, with and, his and mom. His mom goes, I love you. And then he goes, I love... Like, mom, uh, uh, he says, I love you, but he's looking at her yeah. when he says it, and they are confused, and he's all... This walk away. Yeah, this walk away. Because like, <laughs> he yells at it. He's like, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> we're kind of midway through Act 2. We're pretty much towards the end of Act 2, and we're at the hotel, one of the other hotels here, um, where they're all hanging out, and uh, he's in the room with the girls, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's worried. He's like, I gotta get this thing with Russell, and he's... And Penny comes in to pee. He's like, he's like, whoa, whoa. He's like, what's yeah, the deal? He's like, I'm thinking, you know, you, you know, we'd hang out a little more or whatever, and then I get to see you pee. Yeah, he's sitting in the bathtub writing a bunch of notes and whatever. He's got, like, like strewn out all over the place. And, and that line is always delivered weirdly because it's like, wait, is that is that an end goal? Yeah. Like, seeing a girl pee? Uh, yeah, Almost same as the R. Kelly story. Yeah. <laughs> they get to see me pee. Yeah, man. I mean, I guess he assumed it would happen at some point. It I just guess. happened earlier than expected. <laughs> He's like, babies come out of the butt, right? I was I was planning to see you pee in Morocco, but <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, um, Sapphire and uh, Polexia and another girl are there. Uh, this is, I think, that third girl that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and he goes, they're just like, they're just kind of lounging about on the bed. And one of them just goes, 
let's deflower the kid. <laughs> yeah, just, just everyone's just like, yeah, yeah let's do it. They're like, hmm. And and then yeah, they're like having a heartfelt conversation while she's like peeing. Yeah, and then opens up. It's like your time has come. All the, the three girls run in and basically yeah. just like throw them onto the bed, on the bed, undressing, undressing him. him, except for his underwear. And, and then the they just start time, like dancing around the bed. And yeah, he's just like confused. while they're like kind of undressing themselves. And the entire time, Penny's just like standing kind of outside of the door for the bathroom, like kind of laughing at him, and he's just like looking at her, like. You're going to join in? (laughs) (laughs) He gets to have sex with all, literally all of the girls except for the one that he wants to. to. Yep. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I actually don't know how many girls he has sex with. I mean, if he's got the stamina to do three girls in a night, that dude is a fucking machine. I think that was the only only time he had sex during the whole movie, though. I don't know. Uh, Because I remember in the later scene, they're like, oh, I guess the only thing we didn't do was get you laid. And he's like, uh. <laughs> they're like, no, yeah, what happened? Like, what? And they're just, he's just kind of like giving them that look, like, yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck. Yeah. I, I got my fifty-year-old dick sucked. I fuck, man. <laughs> I got my little boy dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fifteen and I fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> this kid fucks. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Almost hard tour. <laughs> Uh, we get 15 69 <laughs> <laughs> oh god so uh he like he and um sapphire are in the same bed right they they wake up and the, the phone rings and it's uh ben it's ben yeah. and he's asking how the story's going which uh they they interact before there's another time they interact beforehand yeah uh, which is the one that we were talking about where like she elaine's uh, elaine gets on the phone is like do the thing with the garbage disposal well, no, no, no. Who, uh, Will ben. doesn't answer first. Doesn't the girl answer first? N- no. I'm, talk- ben- I'm talking about the first situation. Uh, in the, when we first see Ben, when Elaine, uh-huh. the first interaction where he's doing the deep voice the oh, first okay. time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's offering seven uh, for a thousand where he's like, we can do 700. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's flabbergasted. He's completely speechless. And because of this, he thinks that, uh, Ben thinks that uh, he thinks it's too low of a number. It's too low of a number, so he goes, "All right, we'll make it a grand." And then he like almost drops the phone. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, "You know, we're gonna get you out all this by this time." Um, so then we see Ben again here. Sapphire is the first to answer the phone. Yeah, Sapphire's always the one to answer the phone. Yep, yep. And he goes, "Hell, who is this?" <laughs> he's like, "It's Ben from Rolling Stone." Hey, Ben from, from Rolling, Rolling Stone. Stone. Hi. It's, uh, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh." Hey, uh, what's going on? He's like, what are you, what the fuck are you doing over yeah. there? Like, you know, get it together. I want to hear how the story's coming. And this is when he gives the, sh- uh, he gives the spiel that Lester, uh, yeah, did a, when he was like, like, I haven't written, piece. Yeah, 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 I haven't written like a thousand words in my life. Yeah. I haven't written more than like a page. Like um, six pages. Of yeah. It's like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a think piece about a band, you know, struggling with their, you know, fame and, uh, like coming to terms with like. You know, them getting bigger or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I like what I'm hearing. He's yeah. like, can I get you another thousand words? And, uh, you know, it's all of this. Then the other girl wakes up. And what does she say he's when like, she I wakes up? I want some coffee. Oh. And then, and then she, she holds her mouth. And he's like, because that's when he's like, get it together. Because there's a bunch of, you can tell there's a bunch of women in the room with him. Yeah. And then by the time the phone's over, <laughs> he lifts her hand. This is like a minute and a half later. And she goes, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> she continues what yeah. she's saying. Um, and then they're like, I haven't written. It's like, what am I to you? 
Uh, yeah. It's like, can you get the laundry? It's like, what am I to you? Cut to him walking down the hallway with the laundry. Yeah, and he's outside Russell's door trying yeah. to get the interview again. Yeah, he's like, I can't get get the fuck out. <laughs> and he's he's all like crying or whatever. And, yeah. and here's the part where Ryan goes. How could you be such a sad sack? You fucked three girls last night. Yeah, so what? Do their laundry. Like, <laughs> what? What? It's, uh, I love the fact that after they all. And, and the, the, the fact that they just all randomly decided to do flower room. Yeah. Was such a amazing moment <laughs> for, for you <laughs> no for him yeah 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 that's true because i mean it's it's i think one now of the a lot of 15 year old boys get that yeah well there's only one thing that they didn't keep their promise on was that he didn't stay a virgin because that was true. the one thing that she promised that was what she promised yeah the mom the was like, don't worry still, still a virgin. virgin you know we're taking good care of we're looking after him yeah uh-huh. they looked after him all right <laughs> it's okay they look after that dick <laughs> They're they're playing poker. Red Dog's back. Hey, bro- yeah, yeah. hey brother. <laughs> uh, love that dude. Uh, and they are um, playing like they're playing like uh, poker. They're playing cards and they're wagering. Mm-hmm. And they're wagering uh, all kinds of things. And one of the things they're wagering is women. And uh, Humble Pie, real band by the way, yeah. is a. Uh, they, they're wager like oh we'll wager like uh case of beer ca- 50 bucks in a case of beer yeah for uh for the two band-aids and penny lane i think it's i think it's three total yeah so uh, it's probably the three girls yeah yeah um they're uh they the, you know he's like what that is like no one's feelings are getting hurt this every this is you know this is what is Just done what in an effort to keep like people on the road forever like people don't want the journey to end yeah so like that's how they do it and you know Penny, they're they're Penny and uh, and Will are talking outside now, uh, a separate location. And and he's like, "Son, you're worried." And he's like, uh, "You could say that." He's like, "You're worried about me and Russell." He's like, "Yeah, uh, you know." And 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 Will tries to come off the with the fact that he's like, "I'm dark, I'm brooding, yeah, I'm, I'm mysterious, <laughs> uh, I'm not dick sucked by three women." <laughs> uh, when is the real world start? Penny's. Penny thinks she knows what's going on, but yeah, she, like, but like, she really does never going to happen. Yeah. He's like, uh, it never was going to happen. There yeah. never was a Morocco. He kind of is coming to terms with the fact that she's just been kind of talking out of her ass. Although I feel like he's kind of known a little bit the entire time that she has been. Yeah. 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 He just really likes her. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, then he says that, uh, you know, Russell, Sold her to humble pie for yeah, fifty bucks and a case of con- beer. She keeps trying to convince him that Russell actually loves her, mm-hmm. and maybe in like a maybe in some sense that he actually does. But uh, yeah, he basically goes like, "Yeah, well, he he sold you to humble pie for a case of beer, fifty mm-hmm. bucks." Mm-hmm. Oh, that that was actually such a great scene because you uh, you see like that one like tear go down her cheek. Yeah, and that's she turns a, yeah, and and she kind of goes like, "What, what kind, kind of beer?" <laughs> so they're all uh, at this point, they're kind of pretty much they split. Will continues on the road with Stillwater. Uh, mm-hmm. They're on the cab. They go to New York. They're like, you know, they're on the bridge. They're like, you know, kind of towards the end of the road. You know, we did all we could to get you laid. And then William kind of just smirks. And they're like, you you didn't. Yeah. You got fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like, basically like, ah, fucked. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so they're all, they're all there. Um, and uh, everyone's like, oh, um, Leslie's here. Uh, he's like, oh. And then we find out, like, uh, who's Leslie? Like, that's his wife. 
go back to the scene where they're talking at the pool is like, mm-hmm. yeah, these people got, you know, families and it's better than one person knowing than the whole world yeah. and not thinking really that he was talking about himself. Yeah. They're all they're all at the bar. Um, Penny Lane happens to be there. Jay Baruchel's character shows up again. It's like, yep. oh god, that, Will, William, you, you know, Penny Lane's here. Um, <laughs> I'm doing. I'm even doing like the motions that he was doing with the yeah, pen. He's yeah. like, she's here. She's uh, under the name. Uh, I can't remember the last name, but it was Emily. Emily was the first name. Yeah, because he told her not to go to New York. Yes, because Russell sold her. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, she goes anyway. Yeah. And and it's just her. I'm pretty sure. I don't. I don't think any of the other bandits are with her. I don't um, think so. So could they still be with Humble Pie? That um, I think they said that the other ones went to Europe with Humble Pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and there was like, oh, you have a call um, at the hotel. It's like it's it's Ben from Rolling Stone. He gives him a thousand more words or something, and he says, uh, they got the cover of Rolling Stone. You can tell the band. Yeah. So they're all he gets the attention. He's trying to get their attention. They're all just talking, and he's like, "Guys, guys!" And then he just goes, "You're gonna be on the cover of Rolling Stone." Everyone, Everyone just stops. stops. And then and then Jeff goes on that like self righteous like, "We did it together. We like, did it. We're gonna be on the cover of Rolling, Rolling Stone. Stone." And then man. they're all singing together, and uh, and Penny shows up, and because uh, they're talking about like the Beatles were on the cover, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and. You know, Russell and Penny kept taking glances, and Leslie goes like, "Who's she?" Yeah, and he's like, uh, <laughs> and then everyone looks back, and then I think what Jeff and Dick and William all go, "She's she's, she's, she's with, with me." me. Yeah. yeah, and then Dick goes up right, and then it's like, "Yeah, you need to get that's like that's his wife." Yeah, and he's like, "What?" what? And she's sad. She goes up to her hotel room. We're trying to figure out. Ryan and I are trying to do the time here. How long Willem's been running for? Because like she got drunk. Fast. Oh yeah, like literally he he as soon as she left, Willem's on the chase. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's looking for Emily. Um he goes he's looking for cabs. He thinks she might have just ran off uh they took a cab and left. Yeah. He's looking. He goes into one cab and backseat there's a guy in there. That guy is Cameron Crowe. Mm-hmm. Uh where which there's his uh cameo. Mm-hmm. So, which the, I I always love that. I always love when um especially in movies that are um, about a real person. Yeah, the, when they those it's weird. Shows, it's like that's at the pursuit of happiness to too. Yeah, uh, have you seen Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith? Yeah, the end of that movie when they're walking up the hill, mm-hmm. the guy walking down. That's the guy the that director? Pursuit of Happiness. No, that's the guy Pursuit oh, of Happiness is about. That's the real kid. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that's the real guy. Um, it's like himself. It's like Cameron Crowe talking to younger Cameron Crowe. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, and uh, you know he goes up to the room. Penny Lane is uh, drunk. And on High Quaaludes, on Quaaludes yeah. um, and she Which is happened real fast. Yeah, I don't know how I've never. I don't know how fast Quaaludes kick in because I'm pretty sure those don't exist anymore. Yeah, but they they must kick in hella fast because she was wasted and fucked up. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, we don't know how long it's been. We don't actually know how That's long true, it's been because yeah. he was looking in every cab. Yeah, you know, like they're kind of dancing while he's trying to keep her. Which was the like, weirdest awake. scene ever. Yeah, it was weird. She's like, I mean, she's half passed out, asleep, not even holding her own body. Well, he up. calls a paramedic up, and then he he Is does he that in an effort awake? to keep her like keep her awake and yeah. keep her up. And then he goes like, uh, he goes, you know, why doesn't he love me? Yeah. You know, 
And, and then, because he's married, cre- bitch. <laughs> the creepiest scene in the whole movie. That's his fault, not yours. The creepiest scene in the whole movie when he goes in for the kiss because she won't remember it. <sighs> that scene that does was, not fly now. No, no, no. That's, no. that's. She's literally passed out in her, his arms, and he goes like. Well, fuck it. She won't remember this, and he kisses her. Like, it's more fucked up because it's a fifteen-year-old boy. Yeah, that's so fucked up. So weird. And then, uh, and then the the paramedics arrive. He, he drops one. Her ass. One. He said that she was his wife. That it uh, it's yeah, a, it's had an about, accident, yeah. like on. Well, a yeah, medication. he's got he's got to cover up himself. Like yeah. he's got to cover him and himself. You really think that as soon as those paramedics are gonna get in there, they're like, "Yeah, dude, your wife." Like <laughs> you, fifteen-year-old <laughs> hey, fuck. Hey, you hear my voice over the phone? Yeah, um, it's my wife. She yeah. took too many quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> they're pumping her stomach, yeah. and they're in the bathroom, and it's like, you oh, know, that's the most uncomfortable thing. scene. It's they're so trying weird. to shove that hose down her throat, and they're just these weird shots of like they're shoving the hose, and you only really see like her mouth and like her nose, yeah, because it's covered up by the guy's like arm. You're not yeah. really seeing all the intense stuff, and then you're seeing like her legs and her feet move, like struggling. Yeah, and he's sitting there. He's sitting like kind of propped on the chair in the in the the living room of the hotel room. With kind of his arms just over the the arm of the chair, and he's and got he's the weirdest smile, and he's on just kind of like loving it, yeah. And uh, he's like, "That's the girl I love." <laughs> and I just, I don't know, it's weird. You just kind of kissed an unconscious girl, and now you're seeing her get her like stomach pumped. Stomach pumped, and I'm like, "This." He's like, "This is great." <sighs> he's like, "I love that girl." <laughs> <laughs> it's another one of those just like weird, awkward, silent, like just stare scenes. Yeah, yeah. like they have so many of them in this movie. Yeah, and they all involve Penny. Yeah, uh, um. It was pretty good. <laughs> it was a pretty good scene. I liked it a lot. It was pretty good. I forget the song that plays during it. Uh, oh man, I don't remember. But it is it is a weird. Um, it was a strange choice. It was a, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, <laughs> funny if it was Tiny Dancer again. Oh, my Cherie. My Cherie. Uh, my Cherie Amour. That's a uh, Stevie Wonder. Yeah, I think it's Stevie Wonder. My Sheree. Yeah, My Sharia Moore uh, from 1969. Now they're, they're walking. The fucking face. The fucking <laughs> face on him. My um, We looked up the clip. Uh, just so fucking weird. Now they're walking in the park, and this is where Penny reveals her real name. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's li- been asking her the, the yeah. entire movie what her real name is. Because she's a fake-ass bitch. Yep. I'm kidding. I actually... She's, I like her character. Um, she She has a good personality. I think that she just... I, th- I mean, at the end, she finally kind of comes to terms and realizes that she was being used. But yeah, yeah. Um, her real name is Lady Goodman. Yeah. Um, and and this is where, like, she departs. They're like, you know, we'll go to Morocco in five years or some shit like that, right? Yeah. Um, he basically is like, you know, there were never one of twenty. <laughs> yeah. And she departs and this is one of those like scenes where like oh they're one someone's in the plane the other's in the terminal and they're running and they're running as far yeah. as they, that happens a lot in movies i've seen and i remember when we were watching the movie the entire time you were like uh, you were like i wish you would run into something like that girl <laughs> like <laughs> running like sapphire running yeah. into shit so they're on their last they're on their last legs with stillwater they're mm-hmm. on the plane so and we totally glazed over this but um someone comes in Dennis hope to uh, basically try and convince them to be like, hey, I can be your manager. And they're like, nah, man, 
uh, we're good with Dick and all that, even though we were like, you know, he's your friend when they were arguing earlier. He in the basically movie. is like your manager needs a manager. Manager right? needs a manager. Here's the issue that you had at the venue where you got electrocuted. We could have sued for that. Mm-hmm. And you, like you lost money on that. And yeah. there's a whole thing. And they end up going. They end up going with Dennis. Uh, and they got on a plane. They left Dolores at the airport. This is a, around the beginning of the second act of the movie. Yeah. And. Uh, now they're on the plane, uh, and and I don't remember where they're going. Uh, but they're this is their leaving. I don't think York. it ever speci- like specifies, specifies where they're heading to. Yeah, they're just like on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, they go back to they go back to wherever. I'm trying to think of everyone. Wh- that's where on is the plane. he from? Who? Where Where is William from? Do Do they dance? William? Yeah. Because because when they get off of the plane, they're yeah. at the terminal where he sees the sister, and then they go home. Yeah, but they're not. He's not in his town. I think he's waiting for another plane. Oh, okay, okay. And okay. he just ha- happens to see his sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, what is it? Uh, so it's in the plane is yeah. William. Um, all members of Stillwater. So Russell, Jeff, and the two other band members. Uh, Russell's wife. Yeah, Leslie and Dennis and Dick. Yep. So they're they're on the plane. Everything's pretty much going smoothly. I think there was another girl, too. There was another girl that was sitting in front of the drummer, I think. But it never actually tells you who she is. Oh, I don't remember that. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's just them. Because okay. I'm thinking of when they're all walking after the fact. This is the thing that's based off the, the incident with the Who, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not allegedly, but I don't know how much of it is like true. Yeah. To, I don't know what happens during the Who incident. I don't know if it's a crazy thing like this. It probably isn't because they were still around and still, you know, they were just fine. They they start hitting choppy uh cho- choppy waters choppy air they're yeah. they're flying into a lightning storm yeah and they're like oh we're gonna try and you know get us out of here we're gonna land in a field well we should be fine yeah uh, and they're like uh, and they're all like oh we're like, we're like Dennis is like oh we're gonna die <laughs> and then the door opens <laughs> and they're freaking out and he closes the door he's like oh we're gonna die. And then they start he's like oh if anything should happen like I love you all all this is Russell I think says this yeah. And Jeff basically kicks the door open and is like, uh, yeah, it's it's not Jeff. It's um, Dennis. Dennis goes, I hit a man with a car like in like five years ago, eight years ago. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know if uh, he's still alive. I, I not a day goes by where I, I don't think about him. Uh, and then they all start kind of doing all the, the like um, someone said I, I slept with uh, with the, Leslie slept with Jeff. No, 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 no. He goes, no. I slept with Penny. Russell goes, I, uh, Russell goes, um, or it was one of the other girls. Like I slept with her and Jeff goes, me too. Uh, and I also slept with Leslie and he's like, well, you, you slept with Jeff. <laughs> he's like, it was the summer that we were going to be free, you know? Yeah, of, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, you fucking ass. And he's like, you're all, you're, you're all, you know, that they, they all start fighting. Uh, the drummer Jeff has like basically it, yeah. goes and how like you know he's like oh none of us ever loved you like, yeah you know. we you think it's like a blessing for us to be a, for you know that we get to be around you yeah keeps cutting to the drummer with the rosary out yeah he's and, fucking praying yeah. in the back and it, everything's over and there's silence and he goes ah, ah fuck it I'm gay and then it's, this is everyone just kind of looks well, Will also breaks out Will also thing. breaks out yeah he's like, he's like you know you guys. She have all been using the girls, like especially. She Penny. wasn't a groupie. Like she was, like you're talking about the fans, and she was your number one, and you used her. And I loved her. Yeah, I, I loved, loved her. her. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the drummer goes, "He's I'm gay," 
and they Everyone. all just kind of look. And then yeah. The 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 movement stops. Literally, as soon as he's like, "I'm gay," and everyone turns to look at him, the yeah. plane just evens yeah. out. No, we're gonna live. We're gonna live, boys. <laughs> the fucking pilot comes out. He's like, "Thank God, we're gonna live." Dick. After everyone just had this like heartfelt, emotional, punishing moment. Dick lights a cigarette. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> And they all they're all walking. So this is another one of those moving shots that I really love of people walking faster or slower than the camera. Yeah, uh, I don't know why I liked. It. I just thought it was a good cinematography. Rather, they're walking. Then William stops to go vomit a trash can. Yeah, and then they're all walking. They keep walking, and then Russell stops and goes right what you want. And uh, William goes and and he you know he he has written his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, he goes in and actually, um, he only had like bits and pieces of it because he didn't have a full story written out. Yeah, he yeah, and he's like, weren't gonna do. Let it. me finish it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they're like, oh, you know, they love this, and and the chick who's always been kind of like, I don't think this is real. Is like, I'm gonna go fact check this. And Ben and uh, Ben is loving it, and Rean Wilson's character is loving it, and mm-hmm. uh, she she comes back and goes, entire story's fabricated. Like yeah. you lied about everything, yeah. And uh, he goes, "Who did you?" The band denied it. He's like, "Did you talk to Russell?" And he's like, "He's the one who denied it." And this is after the fact that uh, they're all at a bus stop, mm-hmm. and Russell's just laying on the bench. He's like, "You know, everyone." The Jeff is pissed. He's like, hey, "He wrote, you know, he wrote. We're gonna look. We look like total. Am- that was the. That's the one line, right?" He goes, "We look like total amateurs." Yeah. Because they're t- like they're like we fight all the time, like all this bullshit. Because you guys are amateurs and you fought all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he yeah. doesn't. But he he never saw that. Yeah, I love how he's like he has you saying that you're a golden god, and he's like, "What? He's, I, I never said that." that. And he goes, did, did, did I? I? Uh, and then Russell, yeah, Russell denies it, all that, and uh, it's sad. And then they go home. You know, he, he goes home, and well, he's a, he goes on the flight uh, back. They're, they're in L.A. Yeah, and uh, that's right. They're on the flight to L.A. Uh, th- riot house, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's sitting alone at the terminal, and his sister, dun dun dun, Zoe Deschanel, with the crazy <laughs> fucking red stewardess Old stuff. That's some that's some stewardess. Pan Am shit. Yeah. Like she's like William. You're like you look horrible. He's like this is my guys. This is my my brother. And uh, she's like, "Let's go on that. I'll take off work. Let's go on." Which I you could do that on a, on a dime, I guess, as a yeah. flight stewardess. She's um, like, Let's go on an adventure. We can go anywhere. Finally, in the world. like anywhere in the world. And then she's like, "Yeah, I didn't. I, I said anywhere in the world. I really wasn't feeling this." And uh, they're back. Home. They're back home. And you know, he they, she opens the door, and it's <laughs> both of them, and he's defeated, and she's like, I'm, "I you can't see. I'm doing like the eyes, like the face that she makes." She's like. <laughs> yeah and then like they try they like and then he pushes uh the elaine into yeah her. into yeah. into her is like just hug just hug it out he's like i just want to go to yeah. bed <laughs> and then they're like laughing and like they actually like, love each other in the end of the day yeah um <laughs> he slowly shuffles to his face oh uh, gets into his bed you know it looks like the family's kind of all back together again and mm-hmm. it's and it's and it's a lot a lot better note than it was left off at the very beginning yeah. with uh, Eleven slash thirteen slash twelve year old. Except for the William. fact that his dream is ruined. Yeah, a little bit. Well, now he knows about. You know, he was calling on the phone with Lester. He's like, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I really enjoy it because like, they made you feel cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, they made you. He made you 
feel for the short time that you were on a road like a rock star like them. Yeah, yeah. And Russell is uh, he's on the he calls Penny and mm-hmm. he said, "This is the only time I'm going to call. You know, I'm not going to do all this stuff, but you know, let's say all the things that we should have said to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, kind of, almost." The argument with Jeff, like, oh, we're now we're all going to say the things that you know we really mean. Yeah, he goes, you know, give me your address, and Penny just kind of smirks, and uh, Russell gets in a cab and he goes to the address. The address is not Penny Lane's house. Penny Lane gives the address to William's house because mm-hmm. there is some uh, apologies that have to be made. This is after uh, they're backstage and he runs into Sapphire again. Yeah, Sapphire, you know, is like, oh yeah, um. Yeah, she had her stomach problems. She almost she could have died. And it's like you know, if it wasn't for uh, you know, uh, who saved him? It's like it was w- w- William. He's like, oh, why would you know? You broke the kid's heart, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I he, love- then he calls Penny, and then he, <laughs> there is another line that Sapphire said. All the new girls come in. And she's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was really funny because she's like, even the like as a band aid, right? The yeah, band aids yeah. and the groupies, like yeah. clearly, she's like. Yeah, none of them use birth control, and they eat all the steak. <laughs> uh, they're like she's basically calling them like amateur groupies. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, and and Russell kind of just smiles. Um, and they they go to uh, he goes to Russell's. Russell goes to Williams, and William um, he the, Elaine answers the door. Elaine goes, "Isn't this the great Russell, mm-hmm. uh, who we?" We didn't actually talk about and it in I the movie talk, part. but we talked about briefly. Uh, Russell's on the phone. He's like, hey, I'm in the band Stillwater, and your son's doing great, and they start having this conversation. Yeah, she goes, hey. That Elaine him. takes total control of, and yeah. by the end of it, he's like, yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah, ma'am. yeah. And then <laughs> they're doing the group huddle, right? Yeah. There's a lot of portions of this movie that we skip, but it is a long movie. It's about two hours and two minutes. It's a lot of mini scenes. We're trying to get to the most important stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there are some that, that just they occur in my mind. I as we love talk that about scene it. when they're on the group huddle. And, the and he's just time, totally he's like looking confused. around. And he's like, your mom kind of freaked me out. And he kind of, and William puts his hand on his shoulder. He goes, she means, she means well. well. <laughs> she means well. I love for like 10 minutes. He has no idea where he is. But yeah, this lady's like, acting like she knows yeah. him. <laughs> he thinks, yeah. And uh, he knows he's there for William. Yeah. Well, he's led there to William. He doesn't know that he's actually, he's like, is Penny here? He's like, you know, uh, Anita? And Anita's uh, just sitting there like, huh? And she does the hand of the, hello? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, hi, hi. Where, where am I? <laughs> and uh, she goes, mm, come this way. And he sees the photo of yeah. the family. He's like, oh, it's house ah shit <laughs> and he goes and he's like you know he's he's my son you know i think you know he he's really owed an apology and he's like yeah I know. He's like, yeah that's why i'm here yeah. <laughs> i guess i wasn't here to have to apologize to another woman but yeah. you know whatever um so he goes to uh in the williams room he's like oh so this is where the enemy sleeps <laughs> yeah uh which i thought was a great line and they they kind of like they make up and he's like you know we both I think we both loved her mm-hmm. uh, and all that and I think you should give her a call and uh, you know William kind of entertains and goes like one thing we should do he takes his recording device back out right mm-hmm. and uh, and he's just like oh man this kid's diligent he's like I'm gonna get that damn interview you ass yeah uh, and he goes you know Russell what what do you what is what do you think about music 
right? I mean, what do you love about music? What do you music? love about music? Yeah. It's like, like in short, everything, right? Yeah. Cut the credits. Yep. And, and that is the movie. Still one of my favorite uh, in terms of like music themed movies. It's, Honestly, it, it ranks so definitely highly. One of the best music related movies I've ever seen. The watching, except for yeah, the weird stair scenes. Weird stair scenes. Um, <laughs> it's it's really I like the the band focus, but as well as like characters uninvolved with the band. You yeah. don't get that a lot. It makes. I mean, it's definitely it. It's a movie that feels like a movie about the music, but it's really you know a coming of age movie. It's a movie that. Um, Personally, I like it better than Crossroads, but I've already seen it and I've digested it. Yeah, um, I, I've seen it multiple times, so I've been able to get that um, that multiple times. So Crossroads is a, also has like a very different feel to the story. Yeah, it's more of a it's more of an adventure story where this one's kind of has more dramatic turns. Yeah. Where there's and a lot of things happening city Crossroads to city. Crossroads still has that supernatural feel to it with the you know scratch and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But oh god, yeah, Almost Famous is such a good movie. I love, I love it so much. I'm glad that I was able to introduce it fresh to you. I didn't yeah. know that you hadn't seen it all no. the way or at all. And I hope that uh, you know you have that same feeling too <laughs> about yeah. that movie. So it was a great movie. I'm glad that we chose this one for our second movie. To it watch. was. Um, I learned. Uh, I also learned that your dogs require a lot of attention from me. Yes, and, my dogs and, love attention. They yeah. will just lay their head on your lap until you start scratching. Ryan has two. Do- so we watch movies at Ryan's, and uh, he has two dogs. One Cass, a golden a golden retriever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who like they they bark and then they kind of just leave you alone. And then they come back for attention, as I found. Yeah. She'll, if you she, give she, them attention. They won't leave you. alone. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm totally fine with that. I love your dogs, but um. She just kept coming up every like ten minutes. Like she put her head up to the couch. It's like she just wants scratches. Yeah. And then when I'd finish, she'd go over to you. She yeah. She switches back and forth. If there's multiple people there, like as soon as one person stops, she goes over the next. <laughs> smart, smart dog. Um. But God, yeah, that was that was a good movie. Um. Hopefully for this next watch, uh, we get you damn projected away. <laughs> Yeah, we got it, man. It works like literally anytime anyone else uses it, it works. But anytime I try to use it, it's such a fucking shame, man. Yeah, we ha- he has a home theater, which was the whole point. It was like, oh yeah, the home theater, we're gonna use that because literally like, we an had hour it later, work. We got the visuals to work for a little bit, and yeah. then the speakers had this crazy static emanating from it. Literally an hour later, I went downstairs and the kids were using it. It was working. <laughs> you gotta ask them what they did. I don't know. I think Maybe it had. I don't know. Maybe it's just my computer. I don't know. It could be, but I I doubt it honestly because yeah. you can't also have your PS4 have that issue. Yeah, that was almost famous. The next movie is Ryan's second pick for the uh, and, and his last pick of the month. 
uh, as it goes. Like, there's only two, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, did you have a settled pick? I don't have a settled pick yet, but I will announce my pick uh, over social media tomorrow morning. Okay, okay. So then, um, follow us at, at Mangled Movie Pod because that's where Ryan will tweet that. Yep. Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, um, he'll post the. We typically we just post the poster of the movie. He's like, yep. "This is the one." Send your thoughts. Um, so send your thoughts for that. Uh, the Triple M Podcast at uh, Outlook dot com. Actually, because of the weird thing that we were talking about last week with Crossroads, because of the weird delay to get things up on all platforms, we might be missing out on this one as well. Mm-hmm. For those who are following us on on Twitter at Mangled Movie Pod uh, and on Instagram, we want you to send your thoughts to us. Uh, on uh, Triple M Podcast, Triple M, as in M&M's, at uh, Outlook.com by August 11th. Uh, That will be our next recording. That's next Sunday. Uh, That will be the next recording we do for this movie. I am not going to say my pick. I have my pick already. Uh, we actually talked about it on the phone. I hate you so you, much for picking that movie. Because <laughs> it was originally your pick, but I you said something, and I was uh, I was like, oh, I know what my pick is. And then you were like, what's that movie? I was like, that's my pick. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited for that one. That will, of course, be our last I one. I love that, comes that movie. The 25th. Yeah, that movie is great that we will not reveal next week, folks, next yeah. week. But I'm excited for, for that. Uh, it this, is, it's, this has been a fun month so far of mm-hmm. like – We've we're already familiar with this kind of territory. So, yeah. um, the last show we do for the month, the last episode, um, we will reveal uh, probably the the movie watch. We'll we'll figure it out. Uh, but around the last week that that uh, episode is supposed to come out mm-hmm. uh, for episode four, we will reveal September's uh, theme. Yeah. And then at least the first movie. Mm -hmm. So, and we can switch out. We don't, I mean, we began with your pick. We could begin with my pick. Uh, You know, we don't, we don't really, um, we don't really have a a way of ordering things. We don't like, we're not really switching between who's picking. They're just kind of mutual picks right now. Necessarily really matter. Um, But we can, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the deal is. We'll Mm -hmm. figure it out. So we're pretty loose on, uh, on what we're doing here with, how we're choosing what we want to watch. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you guys. Uh, this has been an amazing second episode for us. This um, was fun. It was really fun. I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, thanks Tim for showing it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're really, here's the thing, right? Is cause we've been friends for so long, but we don't really hang out. And now we're uh, eventually when we get our regular schedule kind of going, we're hanging out about three days a week. We're watching yeah. movies and recording. And then we're also doing a show. Yeah. Uh, but like I'm having a lot of like I'm having a lot of fun like having a new thing like yeah. oh it's Mondays let's go watch a movie with Ryan the good canes <laughs> yeah uh, and then let's go record and talk about it now it's gonna be even better when we're recording uh, just 48 hours after we watch the movie mm-hmm. so things are fresher but uh, you know we I still think w- uh, today went well I don't feel like I forgot too much about the movie. Yeah, it's just there's a, so much happening in the middle of the movie yeah. that it's it's hard to keep things up, which is why I was calling back towards the end. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, and the stuff with, uh, you know, Russell and Polexia, and then there's also the stuff with Elaine talking with Russell on the phone. It's hard to literally go over an entire movie scene a by scene. Lo- so <laughs> many, there's so many even, like, small two-minute scenes that yeah. happen in that movie, like every phone scene with, mm-hmm. uh, with William and Elaine. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Follow us Instagram, Twitter, Mangled Movie Pod, email uh, for your full notes. 
uh, follow one podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Ryan T. Larravee. Uh Instagram and Twitter at T. Panooch. And uh, until then, we will see you guys for week three on Mackle Movie Madness's Films About Music Fans. Thank you, guys. And have a good night. <laughs> We're good at ending things. Yeah, we're good. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Are they all gone? Is, is, there, is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. <laughs> a little break? Okay. <laughs>